Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What is the deal, Panther Nation? It's your boy, the professor. They call me Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. It's live, 9 o'clock on Tuesdays, not missing the beat. And we got the whole crew in the house tonight to help us get through this mess together. Cody Lashney, back from the dead. Glad to have you back. You're looking good. Tony Dunn, man. I say it every night. On Tuesday, and I feel like I take it for granted sometimes. But in light of recent events, man, there's nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night here with my boys, chopping it up, talking about the Carolina Panthers. Um, to everyone online who sent me all the well wishes and the thoughts and the prayers, thank you. I had a brief stint in the hospital. I'm doing much better now. Uh, you cannot keep this crippled down. But listen, man, as always, we have the most lit Panther fans in the YouTube chat. All the faithful are here. Pigskin Pete, Underground West, J-Dub, Brad Dugan, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's fucking roll. Hey, guys. Uh, you know, I, I blame Cody for his absence for all of this going down the way that it has. Um, you know, just... Uh, you're gone for three weeks, two weeks, and they uh they fucking lose their minds. So I know, man. Uh, yeah, man, it's good to be here to be able to chop this up with you guys, especially you, Cody. We've been obviously lost without your direction on the, the <laughs> <laughs> what this franchise is doing and and what we're getting and, and and moving forward and what the future looks like. But man, it's uh, I think we have some questions that from last po- last week's podcast that I think we're gonna be waiting and, and and asking for you tonight to answer so uh anyway man yeah let's get this thing rolling let's uh i'm pumped let's go we got our favorite stormtrooper in the house as well greg the stat daddy what's up man man i am ready to talk some panthers football 
And Cody, I'm so glad you're back because it makes the show all that much better. Uh, we have a lot to talk about this week, y'all. <laughs> I need, to, I need to leave. I need to leave more often just so I can come back and y'all can tell me how much y'all miss me. <laughs> we did miss you. I also think we should all do the show in stormtrooper helmets, and we would get a, a lot more views. Like it's my COVID nineteen protection mask. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so we're here hitting the podcast up. We got we like the guys said, there is a lot to talk about. Tonight's show, Panthers sign Robbie Anderson, release Cam Newton, and trade Kyle Allen. That is the suggestion for the show based on YouTube keywords. My real suggestion for the title of the show is Kyle Allen is worth a fifth round pick and Cam Newton is worthless? What in the world? But uh, we've, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be discussing uh, the addition of Robbie Anderson. We also have Scott Mason joining the program from Play Like a Jet podcast to help us figure out what we got in Robbie Anderson as a player. He's going to be coming on at half past an hour. We've got your calls the cat calls line is 252-228-5098. We want to hear your input on Cam Newton's release, uh, the acquisition of Robbie Anderson, the continued non-direction of this direction, and we're going to try to figure it out together with you guys tonight. Uh, let's go ahead and start just talking about the news that has to be the news today is official. The, Par- the Carolina Panthers released Cam Newton. They cut him. They got absolutely zilch for him. Not only is do we lose our favorite player, the person who has made us relevant for a decade, but we really just broke up with the hottest chick we ever had, and we ain't even got any fish in the lines in the water. How can we not get any assets out of this, Cody? I mean, listen, man. I, I'm um, I'm just as confused as everybody else. And and this is um, you know I, I've heard that that we tried to trade Cam Newton to the Bears and the Chargers before we re- we released him, but this has been in the rumor mill for a long time now that the you know the Chargers have been interested in Cam Newton, but they were just going to wait until the Panthers cut him, and there's no way that they weren't going to when you signed Teddy Bridgewater and then you sign uh the the dude from the XFL who's name escapes me right now so um i don't know man i just uh i want to take a minute to speak about cam newton man um because once upon a time in my panther fandom i was ashamed to say that caroline or that i wasn't a panthers fan until cam newton brought me to the football team because i thought that everybody was going to call me a bandwagon fan or you haven't been around since jake delome and blah 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 Whatever, dude. Now I wear that shit like a badge. Okay? Cam Newton is the reason I love this football team. And and for for and you know, I I, I said a, a few months ago that I, I, I knew this was gonna happen. I, I read the, the the tea leaves. I, I, I did not feel that Cam Newton was gonna be the quarterback of the Panthers in two thousand twenty. But it didn't lessen the blow, man. I, I feel like I kind of got back on that train of, man, Joe Brady here now, 
and and Cam Newton and Matt Rule. You know, Cam still wants to be the face of the franchise when Greg Olson is moving on and Luke Kickley is retiring. You know, I I felt like I kind of I kind of duped my own self again. But after this whole thing has happened, man, I just I don't know. I I just I feel like um we're we're gonna regret this move in the short term. Um, I, and I'll tell you what I'm not gonna do, man. I'm not gonna come on here and um and shit on Teddy Bridgewater. I, I will say I do find it funny that we're moving on from Cam Newton because Cam Newton is so injury prone. Yet we signed a guy whose knee exploded like a bomb on a non-contact play in training, and yet we're not worried about him being injury prone, but we are about Cam Newton. I don't Cody, know. I, need, I needed you last week, buddy. I needed you. <laughs> Dude, that just doesn't make a whole lot of fucking sense to me, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to pull against Teddy Bridgewater, but the level of talent between Teddy and Cam Newton – it's it's a night and day difference, and people have duped themselves into thinking that the Cam Newton that they've seen the last two years is the player that he is now. And everyone's about to find out, especially if he goes to a good football team, that uh, he still has a ton left, and he's about to have a badass season next year. CK, did the Panthers... CK, did the Panthers shoot themselves in the foot for the way they handled this because now everybody just waited for them to cut Cam Newton. Your thoughts about yeah, Carolina absolutely. not getting anything out of this moment? Yeah, definitely. Oh, um, I don't think anybody <laughs> would have uh, <laughs> My man. Now, now I feel left out. I need a fucking I need a mask or something. Now when I'm back on. <laughs> This is my son's, and uh, um, I honestly can't hear you guys, so I'm going to actually put this down here again. Um, So, yeah, I mean, of course they shot themselves in the foot. I mean, you just let go of the best thing that's ever happened to this franchise with nothing, not even a seventh-round pick. I mean, we were all sitting there talking about, like, what would make you okay with the idea of trading Cam Newton? Um, And not a single one of us was thinking, Nothing like there would any any, <laughs> any any draft picks would be better than what we got. I mean, let's be honest. Kyle I Allen mean, got a fifth, dude. Kyle Allen fifth. got a fifth. You couldn't even get a sixth round. Like, I mean, come right. on. There's there's plenty of people out there that probably should have been jumping on that opportunity. The problem is, and I think it's a good thing for the NFL, is that we have an excess as far as quarterbacks go. Right? You know, yeah. quarterbacks that can get us there. And when uh, we have a, 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 a too many, I mean, a surplus, if you will. And so that, I guess that's why you put yourself and you find yourself in this situation. But yeah. But can I just say this real quick, though? The Panthers have no one to blame but themselves for not getting anything in return for Cam Newton because yeah. it, they, they, show, they showed their hand. If you're the Los Angeles Chargers, why would you give up any amount of draft capital for Cam Newton? When you know they already signed Teddy Bridgewater and they just signed the XFL dude. So why in the shit would I give you any kind of draft capital 
at all at any round in any year mm-hmm. if I know that eventually you're going to cut them. You're going to yeah. cut them, and then I'm going to sign them for whatever the hell I want. You know, right. this is this is exactly what I mentioned before. I said they did a piss-poor job of playing the game. Like, we did not do a very good – like, everybody else called our bluff, right? You know, like, all right, well – Let's be honest, there's not going to be a lot of people calling Cam and offering what he wants to be paid, um, you know, especially with the Bears being out of the picture now that they've gotten Nick Foles' contract, which, by the way, is a little more massive than Cam's. Um, I wouldn't say massive, but it's it's more expensive than Cam Newton's, um, and they had to give up a fourth round for it. Uh, you, you don't have any other any other teams out there that are quarterback hungry outside of the Chargers, and the Pats aren't going to pay him what he wants to be paid. So the Chargers realize in in a real in the reality that we live in that they're not going to have to compete with somebody else to get a contract up to where you know he wants it to be. He's going to have to take a, a, a prove it deal, a one year deal, and then hope that he can show up. Uh, you know that he is the uh, quarterback that he's been over the past, you know, nine years. So I don't know. We'll see. Could you imagine if Cam just became an MVP for hire every year, just bouncing yeah. around every year to different teams? Just uh, out? Here's the thing. I, I don't think Cam can do that. And I, th- I, I think Cam is great, but I think Cam takes right. a minute to actually learn a system. And I think b- bouncing around is the last why he wants to stay. I mean, I think he doesn't want to have to restart. I mean, uproot his kids, have this whole situation where he has to continue to just bounce around and bounce around. I think that's why he wanted to stay. I mean, there's going to, let's be honest, going to LA is so far away from anything he's ever known. Like everything he knows is in Atlanta and Carolina. That's it. Like there is nothing else. So I think he wanted to stay. I think he legitimately did. But I have to point out something, and this is starting to piss me off. All right. The media is talking about how shitty Cam Newton's been treated. Well, they're part of the reason that Cam Newton's been treated shitty. So don't even sit here and talk about, you know, he he should have been like all of a sudden, now that he's not a Carolina Panther, he is this golden child that they love and they wish that he would have been treated better. I'm like, get off your high horse and stop being such freaking hypocrites at this point in time. It's starting to really get under my, under my skin. As many articles as I've seen sitting there complaining about how he was treated. I I agree. He should have been treated better, but let's be honest. The media is a part of why he's treated so badly. Yeah. Yeah, And one, one thing that pigskin Pete is pointing out in the chat, the Panthers could have done cam dirtier. And I wanted to say this last Tuesday night, of course, couldn't do it too sick. Uh, but they could have waited until after, after the, the draft. draft and then cut him when all these other teams, they already had their future at quarterback. Either they drafted one, signed one, whatever, you know? I mean, and, and listen, yeah, but, yeah, go ahead. I'll say that's like asking if you want to punch in the face or punch in the nuts. Yeah, listen. No, I mean, really, really. It's not going to feel good. None of us feel good about this. I mean, like I said, it's like we're having to to deal with the aftermath of this. But at the end of the day, I mean, it it is a good thing for Cam Newton because he gets to bargain on his own. He gets to go go with his agent and say, you know, uh, this is what we're wanting. They get to negotiate. It's not just – you know, he doesn't have to play on this old contract. So if the Chargers, the Chargers might fall in love. Yeah, they're going to sign him to a three-year deal. 
I don't think so. I don't think you anybody. Know, they'll sign it guaranteed. to three year, but then they'll put two on the guarantee. You know, two years where they gotta. If they cut them after one, they'll have to eat something, and then the third year they'll have to eat nothing. Um, well, he he can't force a contract like Brady either, though, where it's like right. fully guaranteed. Exactly. So, I mean, we'll see. He's probably gonna make a little bit more on a yearly basis. It's just how long will will they extend it? Go ahead, Greg. Well, I just want to ask CK, why do you think that he won't he he won't take anything unless he's guaranteed? Because he was willing to play in Carolina without guaranteed money. No, I'm saying he's not going to get a guarantee. I, he's not getting. I th- I don't see him getting more than a two year deal at this point in time. Oh, I thought you, you know. were saying he wouldn't play there because he wouldn't get a guarantee. Well, there no, is, I'm saying there is a, a story floating around, and there's not. Uh, I haven't seen a lot to substantiate it. But I, we don't know if it's noise that the team put out or what, but they were saying that Cam Newton wanted an extension and yeah. that they were willing to give him two years, but his agent wanted five, and that was the sticking I point. I call BS on that. No. Yeah, I agree too. Yeah, I, mean, um, I think I think it is something the team probably released. I think a lot of these things that are released are, are team-oriented. Um, mainly, especially around money or anything like that. I think they were playing damage control. They are getting destroyed, not only by fans, but by media, by other teams. Like other people are just look at the Panthers right now as the laughing stock, right? At the way that they've handled this, the way they've handled this offseason. It's absolutely. Yeah, they're being put in a conversation with like what's going on with Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so that's, you know, that's what I think is the reason that information leaked is they're playing damage control. I think that that five years is probably the the negotiation aspect of things. The agent said, we want five years. Well, we can't give you five. So they were probably talking back and forth. And because they, he wanted five and they wanted two, then that was an easy decision for them to say, all right, we're moving on. Have a good day. You know, it, I don't. I think the agent wanted five, but I don't know if they gave the agent an opportunity to go below that or not right all right well, before we move know, on got uh you all right you got anything to s- sneak in there real quick greg no you go ahead good you're good all right i'll talk about it later. uh before we, we're gonna get into the cat calls the number is 252-228-5098 uh but before we do that at this time uh the, what's going on in society safety is at a premium every night Local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they don't know what's going on. It's just a motion sensor to them. But there is a company that can help you be more than a motion sensor, and that's Simply Safe Home Security. And I know that CK bought this this device right here. How was it to set up, first of all? Honestly, I was dreading it at first. I was like thinking this is going to be it is the easiest thing I've ever set up in my life. Like I was thinking it was going to be all of this trying to make sure things are perfectly lined up and uh, like everything you can you can decide to use. If you don't want to destroy your paint, they all everything you can hang up with adhesive. You don't necessarily have to hang it up. Um, I did use the screws to actually uh secure it to the walls because I have the textured walls and it wasn't sticking very well, but I mean, it was very easy to set up. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm thoroughly in, uh, enjoying it because it's a set. I don't know if you guys can see my phone or not, but 
like it's as easy as saying like home and away on your phone oh, wow. to be able to do this security. Um, and then, and this is so you guys can get a little taste of uh, what I see. Uh, I can watch live my living room, which has a motion sensor. Nice. You might see my wife walk through, but like that's my living room. Look, live everything. feed. Boom. Live that's feed. the magic of internet security right there. I tell you this. You know what I thought about Simply Safe was my, my wife and I, since we've been doing this, you know, we've been on lockdown. Um, we've been going out for walks at night and stuff. And we listened to this podcast, like a true crime podcast about the golden, uh, the what is it? The Golden State Killer, the Golden Bridge Killer, like the guy that just got caught. And it's like terrifying. And I was like, God, we're going to go home and get Simply Safe. So look, yeah, the, the police dispatch up to 350% faster than a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection. It's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Visit simplysafe.com slash overtime. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime. You'll get free shipping and a 60 day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash overtime. Make sure you use that slash overtime. So they know we sent you. Guys, we'll go ahead and jump into the cat calls and see what people got to say. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Call into the show, 252-228-5098. Let's see what you guys So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, Very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good like... Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one... What's up, guys? It's Nick from up here in Mass. Just calling in to weigh in on this whole QB debacle. What are we doing signing another quarterback right now? So now we have Will Greer, Kyle Allen, Cam Newton, oh, this is Walker, uh... <laughs> and... Yesterday. This is uh, me yesterday. Yeah, this came in yesterday. The guy from the Saints. You, you guys know what I'm talking about. Teddy How many quarterbacks do we fucking need? Like... Is this Tepper's way of saying, screw the O-line, we're just going to let them come right at our quarterbacks all season long? <laughs> I have a point to make I mean, on this, I know I we're going to cut down to probably, if I had to guess, probably three. And seeing how we signed, if I had to guess, it's probably going to end up being Kyle Allen that goes, and unfortunately Cam Newton. But at the same time, up until the P.J. Walker yes, signing... I was kind of thinking that maybe there would be like a QB shootout to see who who would do better. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan of PJ. Like the Roughnecks, that was my team in the XFL. <laughs> but this is a little excessive. I mean, come on now. Why would you even bother signing Kyle Allen if you're going to go through and you're going to get two more quarterbacks after him? It just doesn't make any freaking sense. And then we cut Eric Reed. We cut everybody who has any sort of name other than Christian McCaffrey. But my guess is he's probably on his way out, too, based off all the moves that David is making. I don't know, guys. Would love to hear your thoughts on it. Stay safe, everybody. Bye. All right. So the... The thing that I will say for everybody to kind of take a step back, now that we see the dust settling with our quarterback situation, 
let's remember where Joe Brady came from before LSU. PJ Walker is Taysom Hill for our offense. Okay. Good point. So here's the thing that we're going to be dealing with. They're having three quarterbacks. They're going to be probably doing a lot of two quarterback sets. They're probably going to be doing a lot of the similar stuff. What we are, if you look at the way this team is built, we are a poor man Saints. Uh, we have CMC, who is, in my opinion, a better version of Alvin Kamara. Um, that's fact. Yeah, that's and so that's that's one we don't have. We have you know some you know a back behind him with uh, Bonifon that you know can also do some things. Obviously, we saw that a little last year. Um, we have a, a, in my opinion, probably a more explosive receiving core. Um, we just haven't had anybody to be able to get the ball to them. Um, somebody was talking about how today with the signing of Robbie Anderson, it it, it plays on Teddy Bridgewater's strength, which is the deep ball. I don't re- forgive me. I don't I don't remember Teddy Bridgewater's strength being the deep ball. Is that accurate? I mean, do you guys I, I don't. I, I remember it not being a strength. Like, right? Like he's basically like another version of Drew Brees. Though what Drew Brees is now, he's a distributor, but he's not necessarily a a down yeah. the field thrower. Yeah. So the, the the three quarterbacks on the team right now, Greer, PJ Walker, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Let's also keep in mind there is a possibility we still take somebody in the draft. Greer is not is not protected on this on this uh, roster right now. Um, there is still at seven if the Chargers take uh, Cam Newton and they don't pick up somebody like Kyle Love or Justin Herbert. We could still be in for an actual QB. Um, and you got to remember, Teddy Bridgewater was a backup. Uh, you know, and some might even say he was a third stringer with, with as much as Taysom Hill got the ball, um, you know, as opposed to him outside of those five games. So there is a chance that Teddy Bridgewater isn't even our starting quarterback come the season starting. I, you know, I doubt it, but there is a possibility if you guys look at it from that perspective. Well, to me, it seems a lot like an insurance policy. So again, you know, if people want to call it a freak accident, that's fine. Whatever. The fact of the matter is, Teddy Bridgewater's knee exploded like a bomb on a non-contact play, and it was so gruesome that his teammates had to look away to stop from vomiting. Okay, it was terrible. It was a. Uh, it was like a. You know, that's why it was such a success story. Yeah, they described that, that the doctor. The doctor that operated on his leg described him having as a toothpick of a situation, or like a yeah, toothpick man. of a knee. So, so, so I don't, I don't blame them. So, in, in my mind, I don't mind the signing. I mean, listen, does anyone trust Will Greer to take over for the team next year and, and be a, a legitimate starter? No, I mean, maybe he takes another step forward. I normally don't judge. Uh, rookie quarterbacks on their first weapons or on their first um, uh, year in the NFL. But even still, man, like there was nothing that we saw good um, uh, from Will Greer last year. So I don't mind the signing at all, Um, you know, especially since Matt Rule does already have a history with them. They know what's uh, up. They have a rapport with one another. Um yeah, I, I mean, but if I'm a betting man right now, I would think that David Tepper or Marty Herney have long-term plans for none of them. I I, I think we're, no. we're trying to get Trevor Lawrence 
uh, on this football team. And I'm not going to hide my bias, dude. That's that's what yeah. I want. Right. If people want to fucking come at me, you're goddamn right I'm a Clemson fan. That's who I am. And if Cam Newton is not going to quarterback this team, I want it to be Trevor Lawrence. Now, there's also no guarantee that uh, no matter what you do, that you would even uh, be able to get Trevor Lawrence. The Dolphins did everything possible to get the number one pick this year, and they still couldn't do it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are no guarantees in this. And um, mm-hmm. I think my concern is that we're a five- or six-win football team, and we're mm-hmm. just out of the range to get the player that we want. So, well, Can I ask, CK, when you were talking about that just a minute ago, you were talking about the top picks and how they're – possibility of a quarterback dropping to us and you said love or herbert so are you considering love a top like 10 maybe maybe five pick because i think he's done a lot for himself yeah to be in the conversation okay if we're throwing him in there then then you've got love to a yeah and herbert one of them is going to be available one of them right, are going exactly. to be available. One of them and, will be available at number seven. So they're yeah. not going to have four quarterbacks go before number seven. It's not. But I have. I, I'm going to go out. Later. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that um, out of all of the quarterbacks on the board, one of those four that we just talked about that you just mm-hmm. mentioned are not going to be somebody that they want. So it's just a matter yeah. of who's taken before, and if mm-hmm. both Herbert and Love are both on the board at seven. I mean, I I could. I, I'm, I'm not going to be happy about it, but I could. Fathomly, I, I could fathom seeing them take one of those two guys. I just don't know which one. I understand. Okay, Cody uh, would I, probably I, have a better opinion on that fast uh, on that factor than I would, though. Well, I mean, yeah. it, so it, it depends. Every year, I try and judge quarterbacks in a vacuum. Like I'm imagining, if I'm having to draft a quarterback, you know, would I be willing to bet on a few of those guys? And I know everybody loves to shit on Justin Herbert because you're not one of the cool kids unless you think Justin Herbert sucks dick. Okay, but let me tell you, that's a stupid opinion. Uh, Justin Herbert has a, is, is a, uh, has a lot of potential to be a very good quarterback, and it's not what I'm endorsing. It's not what I'm saying I, I want. I just told you what I want. I want Trevor Lawrence to be the next quarterback for the Panthers. But uh, it, I, I would absolutely endorse to attack him by Lola to be the quarterback and I would absolutely endorse uh, Justin Herbert uh, to be the quarterback. Now, Jordan Love is a whole nother case because he might have every bit the physical gifts of, you know, he might have the best physical traits of combined of every quarterback in the class, but uh, he did not have a good senior season. But we know we have this ace in the hole named Joe Brady though. I mean, yeah. people forget that Joe Burrow was probably not even going to be a fifth-round pick yes. before, but before this last season. And and I've been saying this for years. It, it it does wonders when you put a quarterback into a system that they're able to thrive in and to give them easy throws. Jordan Love also lost a ton of talent at Utah, a ton of receivers, a ton of coaching turnaround. There's a lot of context. Like that's what dri- drives me crazy when people say, "Oh, that guy sucks. He didn't throw for 300 yards, or they lost, or he didn't do this." Well, 
Are you looking at the context of what happened in that game during that season? Or are you just saying dumb shit just to hear yourself talk? You, you know, it's like there's more that, that goes into this. Now, I, I can't give a solid, I can't give a better stamp on love than I can Herbert. Because I feel like Herbert is a quarterback that you would be able to bet on long term, provided the right system. But um, yeah, I mean, people are giving uh, love that Patrick Mahomes comparison just from the big arm, the ability to throw off platform. Um, he's also a bit of a pothead, if I uh, if I do remember uh, uh, that happening. He got suspended. The, the players at- fought for that. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they fought for that specifically in the CBA. They I don't back. give a so. damn what he does in his spare time. I'm just uh, that is something that that did happen. Yeah, All right, Bill Mackin. They could have got more money, but Bill Mackin. Bill Mack in the chat room said you signed Bridgewater for 23 million uh, for three years to draft a QB at seven. Get real. Well, if two of does drop two drops in your lap, you got to consider it. But yeah, is I do think the signing of Teddy Bridgewater doesn't paint us. You know, we were in a situation where you almost had to do it. Had to we make signed Kyle move. Allen? I mean, and and yes, it wasn't as and massive. Cam was right at twenty. You know, Cam and was right at 20 already. yeah, mm-hmm. and we we also got to remember we had this conversation uh, last last week that twenty three million is not good starting quarterback money. If you wow. believed in Teddy Bridgewater as the answer moving forward, that number would be closer to the 30 mark, right? Let's be honest. And there's there's not many people that are looking at Bridgewater as the answer. Um, and I think that it is a possibility that Bridgewater is trade bait, um, you know, it's, if, if it got to that point. You know, some people have talked about it. Um, I, I don't think it's the reality. I don't think we're drafting a quarterback at seven. I'm just saying don't be surprised if the scenario pulls up to where there is a guy that they like and they pull the trigger on as seen as the future of the franchise. Um, there is one point I also want to make is Will Greer was uh, never given a system that I feel like was conducive for what he was able to provide. And Joe Brady didn't have a great uh, or Joe Burrow didn't have a great, I guess, junior year. And then his senior year blew it out of the water. Right. So who's to say that Joe Brady can't provide the same opportunity for somebody like Will Greer. I'm not saying Will Greer is the answer either, but I think that they're going to wait till training camp and then they're going to see what they have. And I wouldn't be surprised if Teddy Bridgewater isn't the starting quarterback come week one. But y'all, what if that's the plan right there that we don't even know about is that they're going to have, they sign these guys, Bridgewater and this new guy, PJ, whatever, to deals for trade bait. And the real plan is he's going to develop Will Greer. And Will Greer is going to be the future of the Carolina oh, Panthers. Shush, shush. How, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> how crazy is that? Put that helmet back Yeah, right. As we wait for our guests to come in, Scott Mason, uh, play like a jet, is uh, trying to get in the chat right now. Um, I am going to go ahead and power through with one more call. Numbers 252 228 What's up, G? It's officially over, man. Up, G? Cam Newton's not on the team no more, man. I just wish him the best of luck. I wish him uh, nothing but success, man. This one hurts, man. It really does. But Luke leaving, Luke Keeley leaving, that hurt me too. You know what I'm saying? But with Cam, We're all hurt, damn, man. this shit hurts, man. All I got to say is, hey, 
I wish him nothing but the best. And Teddy Bridgewater, you heard it first right here. He's going to surprise a lot of people. I'm still a Panthers fan. Till the casket drops. To the day I die, I'm going to ride for the damn Panthers, man. Because I survived the Chris Winkie era, the Jimmy Clausen era, the Kerry Collins era, the Steve Berlin era, you know, the Tony Pike era, you know, God. the Kyle Allen era. It's going way back. Era, you know, I was here Tony from Pike. the start, and I'm going to be here till I'm an old man. So uh, I'm going to have to get me a Teddy Bridgewater jersey. I will get one because I'm going to support that dude. I'm going to support Teddy Bridgewater. Water 100%, and David Tepper and Matt Rule. I trust the process. The process. A lot of people don't, but I do. I just wish it would have ended a little bit better. But I trust yeah. them damn dudes. Keep pounding. Gee, I'd I'd hold off on that Bridgewater jersey, dude. I would. I would wait until you see at least two or three games of him in that jersey and actually playing and doing well for us. Because if if let's, I'm gonna be flat out real with you. If he doesn't come out in the first eight games and he's just blow, just sucking. P.J. Walker is going to get an opportunity. I'm just saying the Panthers fans are going to hate Bridgewater if he doesn't come out immediately and start contributing, as, 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 especially if we let go of Cam in favor of Bridgewater for a contract that's more expensive than Cam's was. If he doesn't come out and actually start balling, you're going you're gonna to regret a decision to buy his jersey. And, um, and one of the things I'm, I'm still so curious about, and we just don't know a lot about this yet, is – you know, obviously, we were so dependent on Christian McCaffrey last year. Uh, I mean, Kyle Allen was a one-read quarterback. I mean, that uh, you know, I'm not taking anything away from DJ Moore, but we've said it before. When DJ Moore is his first read, and that's who Kyle Allen's always going to, well, yeah, of course, DJ was able to rack up a 1,000 yards. That's And that's not taking anything away from him because I do think that uh, DJ did take a, a, a pretty big step from his – um, rookie of the sophomore season. I was hard on him. But uh, just, you know, knowing that one, what I said earlier, Teddy Bridgewater is not really a down-the-field thrower. Um, I, I'm not going to speak a lot about the uh, – what, what's the XFL guy's name? I keep on forgetting. P.J. Walker. Yeah, I can't – I haven't looked at enough of him yet, so I can't really give a solid opinion on him yet. I do know that he's mobile and he makes some – He's made some pretty crazy throws uh, in the XFL, but I, I mean, I, I just you know I know that Joe Brady's offense at LSU was so pass happy that I don't know you know it, it really is going to be interesting to me to see what kind of dynamic that we end up striking for uh, between the run game and the pass game because you have this proven commodity who's still young, still in the prime of his career. But at the same time, now you've signed Robbie Anderson, which we haven't talked about yet. Um, you know, we've we've done these things to try and open up the passing attack. And, you know, I, I don't know um, uh, what that's going to look like just yet. Um, but I, I, like, I'm assuming that, I mean, listen, I'm not going to knock Teddy Bridgewater. I do think he's a good quarterback. I'm just, you know, Tony, when you came over to my house for that first game of the season, uh, I'll never forget what you said to me. I'm, I'm like, what's going to happen today, man? And you're like, well, Cam Newton's on the field, so I trust that we're going to be okay. Well, now Cam Newton's not on the field, and now we have to have trust 
And I mean, let's face it, two unproven commodities. Because it doesn't matter what you think about Teddy Bridgewater. He's never had an amazing season anywhere. He's been okay. He's never been like a, you know, I would say he's better than Tyrod Taylor. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater has never lit the NFL on fire. So mm-hmm. right now, we just don't know. Uh, even in spite of uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater and PJ, we just don't know what our passing attack is going to be like and how potent it's going to be. Yeah. Well, you know the reason why PJ Walker got signed, right? He's a temple guy. Yeah, he's a temple guy. Well, and like, he was also the best quarterback in the XFL. Right. Like, which, he was their little Patrick Mahomes. I do want to... We knew to contradict something about Teddy Bridgewater and his stats. His yards per attempt for his career are 7.2... Like, mm-hmm. uh, on average, he every year he's thrown above seven yards an attempt. Tyrod Taylor, interestingly, had a number higher than Drew Brees in 2015. He was eight yards per attempt in that Buffalo offense. But Cam Newton, in his best years, wavered around the same downfield mark that Teddy Bridgewater had. Uh, give me a guy that you think is a downfield thrower. I'll pull up uh, his stats. You mean a like a starting court downfield thrower? A right like is a downfield thrower. Okay. Uh, Jameis Winston is a downfield thrower. Yeah. Um, Patrick Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers is a downfield thrower. I think I think you might I think you might be surprised about his air yards. Patrick Mahomes at least. Uh, Matthew okay. Stafford maybe. Yeah, Matthew. All right, uh, so Matt Ryan. I'll give you Matt Ryan. Prior. Prior to 2018, Fitzpatrick only had more than seven yards in attempt one year, and it was seven right on the – oh, two years, seven and wow. eight, okay. 2013. Now, when he was in Tampa, his average was 9.6, which is okay. like better than <laughs> Drew Brees ever had on any in any season, which is crazy. Let me, I'll look up uh, – What'd you say, Fitzpatrick? Not Fitzpatrick. Uh, who? Uh, Winston. Winston. Rogers. I would, Mahomes. Yeah. I would Pick say somebody, average. Um, let's just go put Patrick Mahomes. Let's look at his. But everybody Scott, would say that. Is, I feel like I can see the stop, top of Scott's head. You can. <laughs> oh, there. Okay. <laughs> I thought you left. I was like, all right. Well, good. <laughs> Oh, We've got. I was ducking down so nobody would see oh, me. It would be. A you really were uh, sitting tight. Eight point three and eight point eight point six for his career. So Mahomes does get the ball downfield. All right, we're gonna today. We've got Scott Mason play like a jet at play like a jet one to help us understand. He's our resident Jets fan, and as we're falling to the bottom, I don't know if you guys are climbing up. But, hey, we're crabs in a bucket pulling each other down. The Panthers, we got you on the show because the Panthers today signed Robbie Anderson to a two-year deal. He is worth his weight in owl feathers. He has joined the Carolina Temple Owls right now. What do we got with Robbie Anderson? 
from what I understand, by the way, this was in the works for a while. I was just talking to Manish Mehta from the Daily News, who comes on my podcast a lot. And what he said is that Matt Rule has wanted Robbie Anderson more or less from the minute he took the job with the Panthers, which makes a lot of sense because they're remaking that offense. What you need to know about Robbie Anderson is everyone knows he's fast, but I think he's a little better as a route runner than people give him credit for. He's really quick in and out of breaks. He's not a guy that's a really polished route runner. Like We're not talking about somebody like Antonio Brown or something like that. But what he can do is get in and out of breaks quickly. He can get downfield, and he can really fly. He has had issues in terms of getting contested passes and and things like that, but he started to improve in that area down the stretch. He's tall. He's lanky. But again, he's a guy that if he gets out into space, watch out. Now, the one guy that really has been able to clamp down on him the last couple of years more than anybody else has been Stefan Gilmore, which is not a surprise because right. Stefan Gilmore has done that to everybody. But Gilmore is basically just not allowed him to do a damn thing. But I think he'll be really good in the Carolina offense if they can improve that offensive line for Teddy Bridgewater because if they can give Bridgewater time to throw. Now, you guys were just talking about how he's not known as a downfield thrower, and he's not. He's not typically a guy who's going to throw – down the field a lot, but he doesn't even necessarily have to throw bombs. If he can get the Bobby Anderson on a 10 or 15 yard route, he can just take it the rest of the way. It's not a guy that's going to get yak, by the way. Like he's not breaking tackles or anything like that, but he'll get older. Right, so, he's a skinny well, we mini. <laughs> yeah, we got so, DJ so, Moore for that. Yeah, so, Scott, exactly. let me let, let me let me kind of ask you this: what What do you think would be the the best? Uh, the the best receiver position for Robbie Anderson. I mean, are, are we going to see him in the slot, or is he basically going to going to be on the outsides, just going up against you know whatever the best corner we're 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 going against is? He's an outside guy. I actually think he'll do well with DJ Moore on the other side of him. I don't know who's playing the slot in Carolina or if they're looking to do something there, but Robbie's definitely not a slot guy. Yeah, he's going to be an outside target. Like I said, he'll get in and out of breaks quickly, and he can fly downfield. So he'll get open. The one thing that I'll say is Sam Darnold, if you go back and watch uh, Michael Nania, who does a lot of work with Jet stats and has broke down every single game and every play, actually, that Sam Darnold was a part of in his 26 starts, and we did an eight-part series on my podcast, one thing that you notice when you go through the film is you see Robbie Anderson open downfield a lot. The problem was Darnold couldn't get him the ball because the offensive line was so bad that they weren't giving him the opportunity to be able to throw down the field. But if you go back and you look at the film, you'll see Robbie open a lot downfield. If Carolina can find a way to upgrade that line, and listen, I don't want them to take an offensive tackle in the top 10 because as a Jets fan, I want as many of those guys available as possible when the Jets come up to 11, if any of them are available at all. But if Carolina is smart, and I think that Matt Rule is, they will take an offensive tackle early in the draft and really build that lineup because if you can give Teddy Bridgewater some time to throw, now that he's got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, that could be an interesting offense, especially with Christian McCaffrey. You all know what he can do. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to Robbie Anderson, uh, from what I saw is, look, is that if you look at his career, he's played four years in the league. He started, uh, he's been a starter two out of those years. 
I guess he was, was he hurt in 2018? So Robbie Anderson signed as an undrafted free agent in 2017, I believe. And then from there, or actually was it 20, was it 2016? Yeah, it was 2016. 2016. Yeah. He worked his way into a bigger role in 2017. And then in 2018, he had a couple of, uh, of missed games this year. He was healthy the whole season. He had some ups and downs. In fact, there were points where Jets fans really were souring on him middle of the season, especially because, like I said, one thing that was a constant criticism of him was the inability to get contested catches. So to fight in traffic or to come back for balls, he improved on that down the stretch of the season. But what you're getting is a guy that isn't necessarily a finished product. And I think that's important to understand because Tony, when you talk about his production if you just look at his production without watching the tape, it's pretty good. Though. The numbers aren't bad, though. I mean, the oh, the idea of uh, we haven't had receivers that consistently put up seven hundred. I mean, he's putting up seven hundred yards a season, no matter what it looks like. Right. All right. Which, which is fine, but I think the thing with him is that if you get him in the right system and you protect the quarterback, he could be a 1,000-yard receiver like DJ Moore was last year. So it could be an interesting tandem. But, yeah, I mean, the thing about him is, like I said, he'll get open downfield a lot. It's just a matter of whether or not you can get him the ball. And he hasn't had that breakout season yet. But I think part of it is, though, also he hasn't had consistent quarterback play. you got to remember, in 2017 – he was on pace to easily crack a thousand yards, and then Josh McCown got hurt, and the rest of the season was played by Bryce Petty, who was absolutely horrendous. So Anderson wow. finished short of the thousand yards, and then in 2018, he had a rookie Sam Dar- Sam Darnold who struggled a little, and also he got hurt and missed a couple of games. Then this past year, obviously, Darnold had the mono, and then you had Luke Falk in there for a couple of games. So there were a lot of variables there that held him back, but I think. Matt Rule, if anybody would know exactly what to do with him. In fact, it's funny. I didn't have any information on this back in January, but I said the two teams that just made sense to me just off the top of my head thinking out loud were Philly because he went to Temple and because I know the Eagles had sniffed around and they needed a wide receiver and the Panthers because of his connection to his old college coach, Matt Rule. So I think Matt Rule probably looked at it and saw – what Robbie Anderson has started to become and believes that he can turn him into something even greater. And I think he probably can. Yeah, that's, um, that's actually something that when Matt Roll was hired, we, we tried to learn a little bit about him. And one of the things that he really values is athleticism. And if the pa- Panthers offense is nothing but a wet dream for Matt Roll with not only Christian McCaffrey and his athleticism, you have Curtis Samuel, who is a very fast wide receiver, um, and now you add Robbie Anderson to that mix. A lot of people would say, well, you need more than just speed. Well, now guess what? DJ Moore has the yards after the catch. I think it wouldn't be surprising if DJ Moore moves to the slot um, and maybe provides more of what a Michael Thomas did for the Saints. Um, and, you know, Michael Thomas, if you look at his, his average air yards are not good. Like he is not a right. downfield threat as much as uh, as some of the other receivers on that New Orleans Saints uh, He's a volume guy. So, so this, mm-hmm. I think this, I think the addition of Robbie Anderson is not only somebody who is familiar with you know Matt Rule and the type of coach that he is, 
but I think it also is exactly what Matt Rule wants in, a t- in that type of receiver, which is athleticism over talent. And I'm not going to say Robbie Anderson isn't talented, but uh, you know, if, if there's one thing you would say is it's his speed that's got you know Robbie Anderson as being a uh, now a high paid uh, wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'll tell you too with Matt Rule and Tony. I know I've talked to you about this. When the Jets were looking for a head coach last year and they ended up hiring Adam Gase, who on a list of eight potential choices was ninth on my list, Matt Rule was right <laughs> at the top, along with uh, Todd Monken, who I think is going to be the offensive coordinator at Georgia this year. But the thing I loved about Rule was everywhere he went, he built a program. And when he got there, it was not in a good situation. When he left, it was a thousand times better than what he found. And this is a guy that has a little bit of NFL experience. He was an assistant offensive line coach. But I talked to a couple of people that covered him both at Temple and at Baylor. And this is a guy who really gets the players to buy into what he's selling and who really knows how to build successful programs and to put the right people in place, to put the right assistant coaches, which we've already seen with uh, some of the guys that he's hired in Carolina, and to do things his way. And and part of the reason why he didn't get – hired as the Jets head coach is because he wanted to pick his own staff and they told him that they didn't want to let him go with an inexperienced offensive coordinator. And so he was like, well, either I do this my way or I don't do it at all. So now he goes to Carolina. It seems like he's got the full faith of ownership there with Tepper and he's going to do this his way. So as much as I'm sure uh, it's, it's a bittersweet pill to see Cam Newton leave this is more along the lines of what Matt Rule's vision is going to be. And so you've got a new quarterback. You've got a new receiver. They can do some things on the offensive line in the draft. But I think they're in the process of really doing some interesting things in Carolina. And I'll tell you this, not that I haven't been wrong before, but just from all the stuff that I looked into when I was researching Matt Rule, I think you guys got a great coach. You guys should be really happy. And I think that you now have a really good receiver to go along with DJ Moore. And for the price, too, two years, $20 million, that is really not much for a guy who just seems to be coming into his own now. No, hey, Dad, Dad, uh, would you like to respond to that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't get into that right now, but I do have one question for you, Scott, um, about Robbie Anderson. Is I've always liked Robbie Anderson. He's, he's a guy, he's on my radar. Uh, I know his name, so you know if I feel like I know the guy's name, then he, he, he's a decent NFL player. If I, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the signing of him was good there, but I want to ask, you were talking about him not being so polished in his, in his route running uh, mm-hmm. necessarily, but you know he's, he's more of a threat speed receiver. Can he mm-hmm. play the X, Y, and Z? Is he a guy that I can put anywhere on the field and I can count on him to, to, to it's too skinny, play man. at a par level? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like, but basically I'm asking you, do you think that maybe he could ever have a higher ceiling than DJ Moore? Or do you think he's always going? Do you think he's a number two guy? Do you think he's a number one or two, number two guy? You know, like, I mean, I never get stuck on labels like that. I've yeah. always just felt get good players out there, and it doesn't matter whether you label them a one or a two. I guess if you really want to break it down that way, I would say he's probably never going to be a number one receiver in terms of. I don't think he's ever going to be an elite player, but I right. think yeah, I think the, the question a good one. Yeah, I think the question would more or less be, do the other teams see him as a number one wide receiver or are they putting their number two guy on him? 
Um, and it sounds yeah. like for the you know for the most part, because I think he's been one of the best receivers for the Jets over the past couple of years, that he's been drawing the number one receiver attention, sure. right? I mean, I think, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say I'm going to keep on hearkening on on Joe Brady, our, our, our offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And if you look at what LSU did last year, I mean, dad Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. I mean, dad a bunch of guys that they could go and distribute right. the ball to. And when you look at, you know, I, I mean, I, I kind of agree with Scott. I kind of think that it's a it's wrong to kind of say, well, is it one, is it two? I think really it's all about having a versatility of options. And that's mm-hmm. what Carolina has now. When you add Curtis Samuel, who most Panther fans believe that we have not seen the best of Curtis Samuel. Um, as soon as he was drafted, he had uh, a, a heart issue. And then Cam Newton had all these injuries that prevented him from being the, I mean, the, I mean, people forget that Curtis Samuel ran a 4-3-1 at the combine. Like, the dude can fly. Uh, so I, I think that this Robbie Anderson piece is like a perfect compliment. And when you add on Christian McCaffrey, who's such a versatile pass catcher uh, in and of himself, it's not necessarily of, okay, we have to have our number one corner on this particular receiver because now we have so many options of who we're going to go to. Um, I can see us running a lot of mesh plays like what Lincoln Riley and uh, 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 what he does at Oklahoma. To me, this is just a, um, an options move where now it opens up our playbook even more than it had been previously. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is he's a weapon. He's a guy that can really blow the top off of the defense. And whether you want to classify him as a number one or a number two, I mean, he's been the number one by default with the Jets last couple of years just because there really wasn't anybody else that you would say was in the discussion to be the top threat at receiver. So he was the one that drew generally the best opposing defender. That may not be the case in Carolina, but either way, I think he's a great compliment to DJ Moore. If anybody would know how to use him, it would be Matt Rule. So I think it's going to be a real interesting mixture now with that offense. And by the way, guys, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you should get used to this. Uh, I don't know if you're aware that his nickname was the Sun God when he was here in New York. So you guys should start that up in Carolina. I don't the know if anybody's Sun been God. calling him. He yeah. looks like so, the kid from uh, Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice. And- <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the Wayan brothers, like a Wayan brother. I could see that. Yeah, he definitely has the hair. Yeah, it all comes from. He used to tweet weird. Robbie has his own very distinct way of speaking, and he has really strange tweets sometimes. And one of them was something along the lines of that he loved it. What he used to love it when he was a kid with his mom when the sun stayed out later, which doesn't really make any sense if you think about it. But it kind of got people joking on Twitter, and then everybody started calling him the Sun God. So that's what his nickname's been with Jets fans for the last couple of years, the Sun God. So I don't know yeah, if anybody's calling him that listen, yet. Listen, man, you know? I'm, all, I'm all about weirdos, dude. We'll, the weirdos keep, we'll the keep that going. Let's move on. Let's move on from Robbie Anderson and uh, ask you how you're feeling about this Greg Van Roten signing. I'm going to ask you guys about that because from what I gather – 
he seems to be nothing more than a lateral move for the Jets. I mean, maybe he's a little bit better in pass protection than Brian Winters and probably a little bit worse, but he was a journeyman. He didn't even really start for the Panthers until he was, what, 29 years old? So, uh, you know, our film guy took a look at him, Joe Blewett, and he wasn't overly impressed. He thought he was good enough to be a starting guard, but not anything to write home about. Is that more or less where you guys sit? Because you would have watched him yeah. on a game-in-game-out basis. That's yeah, exactly I mean, he lived and died say. by the Panthers. Yeah, he lived in – I mean, he definitely gives himself – I mean, he's, a, he's an energetic guy. I mean – when Christian McCaffrey had one of the best games of the season, um, you know, he was pumped about it and he was just like super stoked about it. But um, as far as talent, I mean, just look how many, how bad our offensive line was last year. I mean, if you're looking at it as a whole, I think there's, uh, he's going to have bad games. He had some good games. I don't think you're getting a bad player, but he's definitely not going to be the answer long-term, especially with his age being what it is. What'd y'all pay him? You know, I don't think the terms more than we were going to. Yeah, well, yeah. that's probably what. It, but I don't think the terms are out yet. The weird thing with the Jets' offseason is they haven't paid anybody, and that's part of what everybody's frustrated with the Robbie Anderson thing. Uh, a lot of Jets fans are really upset about it. Which, by the way, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, you can tell a lot by what the a team's fan base thinks of a guy leaving and Robbie Anderson leaving Jets fans are really upset about it. So for whatever that's worth, but I, I think that Doug, Joe Douglas, the general manager has mostly been signing contracts that have been either one year deals or glorified one year deals that he can more or less get out of. That's what we're doing. Send- yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's probably what it is with Ben Roten. Cause I think he got a three year deal. I don't think the terms are out there yet, but I would guess it's probably somewhere in the like five to six million a year range with an, uh, an ability to get out of it cap wise after like one year. But I can't say yeah. for sure. Well, we don't know I, if I Greg Van the... Roten's good was good last or we don't really know. Well, the one thing we do know about Greg Van Roten is he was available when everybody yeah. else wasn't. And that that was the only thing is he actually started to stand out a little bit. Not because he was good, but because everybody else was just pathetic around him. I felt like I think you're gonna. I think your uh, Joe Blewett got it right. I think he's a, a guard. You signed a guard. That's what you did. You just signed him, and you better hope you get something out of him because I know you're gonna. You'll get more out of him than you got out of Khalil. That's for sure. <laughs> well, and, and, well, yeah. And so Scott, one of the things that we said about the Panthers last year is that when it went bad for one, it went bad for everyone. I mean, we all thought, you know, Trey Turner was a really good guard, and he's been to the Pro Bowl a bunch of times. But, man, it's like as soon as our offense got off of a rhythm, and a lot of it was due to our quarterback having absolutely no pocket presence and awareness. But, I mean, there were, you know, uh, I mean, the, the interior of our offensive line, really helped out Christian McCaffrey a lot. So on um, uh, on some inside zone plays, I think you're probably going to be pretty happy with Greg Roten or uh, Greg Van Roten. My worry is pass protection. I, mm-hmm. I just worry that, uh, you know, once uh, once the, the, the blitz start coming, I don't really think that he's great at um, recognizing where incoming blitzes are coming from. And sometimes he'll miss assignments. And, and not pick up the, the 
the mic or, or or whatever it is on the on the specific play. Um, I kind of think you had it right when you said it's more of a lateral move. It's not really mm -hmm. an upgrade over anybody mm -hmm. per se. Um, I, I think if uh, you know, I, I know you mentioned earlier you're interested in drafting O line, um, and and I do think if you put um, so he's probably going to play left guard. So if you draft a left tackle this year, I definitely think he'll benefit from having someone like an Andrew Thomas or a Mikai Becton next to him. And I think that'll probably go a long way towards helping him. So that signing could yet become better. But as of right now, it's yeah, you have a fairly decent run blocker and someone who, in my opinion, is probably a little below average in pass protection. Well, the way you got to kind of look at it, or the way I'm looking at it is we're talking about Robbie Anderson and Greg Van Roden. It almost seems like this could have been a trade. It almost seems like both both teams did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, to bo that they both made a lateral movement to a position they didn't necessarily need to upgrade, but they didn't downgrade it. Now they just got a different player playing there. You almost could have traded Robbie Anderson for Greg Van Roten straight up. That's what it sounds like. Um, you're getting almost the same kind of player. That is uh, kind but, of worked out, I guess. It's yeah, I didn't. Think it's it crazy. That way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Last last question for you. We'll get you out of here. Thoughts on uh, Brad. Perryman. Uh, it's funny because I've been calling him Brett Perriman by accident because you remember Brett Perriman, the receiver from the Detroit Lions back when it was uh, Herman Moore and Brett Perriman and Barry Sanders. So <laughs> I actually on the podcast that I just taped with Manish Mehta, the two of us both did it a couple of times. We were like, Brett, per damn it, Brashad Perriman. I yeah, I just called him I'm, Brad Perryman. I don't even know the damn's name either. Rashad <laughs> Perryman. Yeah, I mean, it's a really weird signing. I get why they did it, because they had to sign somebody, and I know he's got speed, but he's a player that was massively disappointing with the Ravens. He missed his rookie year with an injury, came back in his second year, didn't do much. They caught him after two years. He wound up in Washington for a brief bit, and then... He went and played for the Browns, didn't do much. This past year in Tampa, he didn't do anything until the last month of the season when Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were both injured, and so he got an opportunity. And, you know, it's a very pass-happy offense down there with Arians. So he put up big numbers and basically cashed in on a month of performance. I'm not a big fan of it. I think the Jets downgraded significantly because – even though Robbie Anderson isn't necessarily a pro bowler or an all pro, he's still a really good receiver who had excellent chemistry with Darnold and we knew what he could do. Perriman is a guy who had a couple of solid games and got paid. Like I said, I guess it's better than going into the season with nothing but Jamison Crowder, but they're going to have to go receiver probably at least twice, which thankfully it's a really good wide receiver draft. So that helps, but you're going to have to end up relying on rookies here. And even if Perriman, does an okay job. He's only on a one-year deal. So it seems like the entire team, by the way, Tony, is on a one-year deal at this point. I was joking to somebody earlier, but it's 100% true. After this year, the only two long-term commitments that Joe Douglas is really going to have are going to be Sam Darnold and Quinnen Williams, and everybody else is basically just going to have a year left uh, on their contract or in the case of some guys that are signed for longer, a year left where they wouldn't be able to get out of it. So it's really strange what the Jets 
are doing. You're this trying to be the Bills, man. You're trying to be the Bills. Yeah. The Bills did this two years ago, <clears throat> three years ago. Mm-hmm. It feels like. Um, <clears throat> so you want to, and I think the Panthers are doing something very similar. And that is, let's not get locked in until we know what those pillars that we're going to build on are as we're installing all this. Perryman has never had over 645 yards. That was last year that he did that. Perryman, he reminds me of uh, Terrell Pryor a little bit, like that kind of player. And uh, another one is, is I would say, is that he's like in the category for Kevin White for me. Oh, Perryman, it's like God. <laughs> it's like man, you just wish these guys could actually be whatever they told us they were going to be. The Ravens reached on him too far. All right, Scott, tell us about your podcast and how they can find your work. Well, guys, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's always fun talking with you. So anytime you want me to come back, you just let me know. Uh, right now, we are doing daily podcasts. You can find it on iTunes or TurnOnTheJets.com. It's called Play Like a Jet. Seven days a week we're doing shows. We're focusing right now on free agency. We're finishing that up this week, and then next week we're really going to get draft-heavy. So even if you're a Panthers fan and you're not necessarily looking for Jets-centric content, we're going to be having a lot of draft guys on to talk about the various different top players in the draft, and I think there's probably a lot of intersection between who the Panthers might be interested in, who the Jets might be interested in. We're going to talk a lot about these front offensive tackles, and like I said, I think there's a good chance the Panthers will take one of them. So if you're a Panthers fan, but you love draft stuff, you don't necessarily have to be a Jets fan to like what I'm going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. So if you want to give us a listen, we're on iTunes, all the other platforms, play like a Jet, turn on the Jets.com. Tony, guys, thanks so much again for having me on. Really appreciate it. Always love hanging out with you guys. Thanks, man. Have a good night. Hey, it's been a a blast. Thanks, Scott. Tony, we're going to have him on for the draft, right? Because he provided the best moment of the night last year. He did. He did. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Hey, and we'll all get to pick close together. Um, All right, guys. Let's go. Thanks a lot, Scott. We'll catch up with you. Uh, be sure to follow his work. And guys, you do. You know what? We're we're dying for sports talk. So go check out the podcast, even if it's not our team. Get a look around the league. Peek outside instead of just looking in the mirror like we do all day long. That's why we went and got Scott to come in and talk about Robbie Anderson. Just briefly, guys, thoughts on what he had to say about Robbie Anderson. To me... <coughs> I don't dislike this move at all. You know, we no. would have been happy to get Robbie Anderson last year. So if we didn't know anything about what was going on, this is like the best free agent receiver that was out there. One. Two, there's a familiarity with Matt Rule. Three, you have the questions that some people said was, is he, um, you know, did he quit on the team? I think J-Dub said that. Is that, you know, you have no concerns right now about how him and the head coach and their belief in each other. You've heard him speak glowingly. And you know what? We needed needed somebody. We needed somebody that wasn't just a bum either because we we don't have enough. We got a lot of holes here. You're not going to get anybody in the draft that's going to be worth a damn, that's going to contribute. Look at how long it's taken a second-rounder like Curtis Samuel, a first-rounder like DJ Moore ultimately. Not saying they're taking too long, but you're not going to get a contributor from day one in the draft that's going to really be meaningful. 
you got depth and I think some upside. Isaiah Simmons, I don't know. I can make a couple. No, a, no, a wide receiver. A wide receiver. Yeah, oh, a wide receiver. You're not, yeah. Okay. We're okay. not picking him. And we're not picking even there. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. Yeah, yeah, but we're not using our first round pick on a wide receiver. So yeah, is that there are right. going to be first round people that could contribute, but the odds are if you're picked in the second or on the second day or later that you're mm-hmm. going to be a rotational player at best your rookie year. That's just the odds of it. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, shit, I mean- we picked Brian Burns at what last year? 16. And his ass played 48 snaps. Hey, that's the best special timber in the NFL you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Uh, I well, think... Uh, um, I, I, can, we, can we say this? Does anyone think that we're going to sign a more high-profile high player in this offseason than Robbie Anderson? Like, in my opinion, no. that's the name. Like, that's the name, yeah, hmm. for sure. Well, I think in what you're well, noticing... We need a defensive player, that's for sure. Well, what you're noticing right now is they have a mindset right now. They are front-loading all of these contracts. Uh, you know, like we talked about there, I, it's it's either a matter of making sure that there's not going to be dead money involved if they have to cut them after this year or the year after that, or they're trying to create a scenario where they can actually build a team up from what they have now. Um, and so if you're not having to pay your quarterback as much as you're having to pay him this year, next year, well, then that means that possibly their mindset is long-term, which I do like. I like the fact that we're not in this win-now mode. It's like, let's go ahead and create a dynasty. Let's try to do something to create something that's going to go out beyond what we're currently doing. Um, and so I think there's some positivity there. With the Robbie Anderson question, how do I feel about the signing after you know having our guest on is, um, I'm, I'm excited to hear that he had great things to say about Robbie Anderson. I also am very happy to hear that there's a lot of Jets fans who are not happy with the fact that he's not a Jet anymore, which means that we're getting somebody who was valued. I am still afraid that we're going to have somebody we're not going to utilize correctly, um, you know, and that he's going to end up being a, uh, again, Russell Shepard, Jarius Wright type that's contributing but not actually living up to a contract. I don't of, think you're uh, going to worry million. about that. I don't think you'll have to worry about that is because this guy has got upside. Those guys, yeah. their upside was just – in their reliability. I mean, you know what? Look, is that, do you remember that painful ass? That was camp. That would have been the 2016 training camp, Russell Shepard. I think mm-hmm. we go and get him. It's either 2016 or 2017. Yeah. And if he, if he wasn't just the biggest fucking toast of the town, people were just like, hey, he looks so great. I mean, the Panthers media was doing it. Bill Voth was black and blue review, just oh my, all of this. And you know, he had never done anything in the NFL. Like he had been in the NFL, he had been on special teams, some stuff like that. But Robbie Anderson, we've seen him on the highlight reel. You've been drafted, people drafted him if he has produced. And I think that, yeah, yeah. And I think that, that on top of that is what's great about it too is that Scott continued to emphasize more upside so it's not just it's not like oh this guy could be good and we haven't seen anything he has been good we've seen it with the potential of it being better than what we even saw 
I like this a lot. I don't know the the one concern I have is is that he continued to reference a catcher, you know, kind of contested catches. He's he's lean. He's a lean little yeah. lanky fella. I I don't think that you have to have giant guys to be, to play big, but I do think it's tough in the red zone when it's third and five and the end zone is crowded. The little guys, I mean, they they can get it done. It's just harder. I feel like. Yeah, yeah and all of our roster is little guys. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we, we don't have a compliment. The, There's no compliment to it. We do not have that big body jump ball receiver. When you and look by, at and the by teams, the way, no, go ahead, CK. I was saying when you look at the teams that he had at Baylor and. Uh, at uh, Temple, did he have big body receivers? Because, I mean, from my understanding and from what we did our research on, he valued the athleticism more than he valued. There, so there's a guy which is very much in play for us in this year's draft by the name of Denzel Mims. He's a receiver from mm-hmm. Baylor, coached him last year. He's six foot three. Surprise. Six foot. But I've seen the guy play, I've watched his film. The dude's a badass. I mean, yeah. he really is uh, the the kind of player that, that can go up and get the ball. And I think the fact that they've already established that connection with Baylor and Matt Rule and, I mean, Denzel Mims would be a, a much uh, a much welcome asset to the team should we draft him. But, um, I mean, yeah, yeah. O- overall, I'm not through the moon on, on any of this. Like, none of this changes what I feel the season's going to be. Uh, a receiver is not going to put us over the edge, you know. We've kind of been having this chat in the uh, in the chat room about you know uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, and have we ever had a, a top tier receiver uh, outside of Steve Smith? And and we really haven't, especially not while Cam Newton has been here, and especially if you look at 2015. We, I mean, other than Ted again taking the top off, like. I mean, we really didn't have a number one, so I uh, kind of—I mean, but not a not, not a real number one that like like a DeAndre Hopkins or a Michael Thomas, where you know, down third down, I'm throwing that dude the football and he's coming down with it. We have not had a number one even since Steve Smith and his. You're, yeah, no, you're going to hate me for saying this, but go back and look at Kelvin Benjamin's rookie year. He had a better year than uh, Julio Jones did. Well, he had it was a great, a thousand, he had a great oh, Julio was hurt was that a, year too. Yeah, the, the it was a thousand. Year. It was he was barely over a thousand, and he had some incredible catches. But mm-hmm. for the most part, he was a garbage receiver. Like he did not run routes very well. He was very slow. He just happened to be very good at contested catches, and yeah. that's what got the highlight reel. Every time that he would make a catch, it was because he wasn't able to break out of a route and actually get open. It made it look like he was incredible because he's doing these contested catches. Yeah. Well, like, to be fair, he's just not doing anything. <laughs> I got a stat for you, stat daddy. By the way, before we go further, a, a random, a, a wild T money appears. Oh, nice, nice, good. I, yeah, because he's joining the show after our guest, and he's here. Welcome to the show, T Money. How you doing, my man? Welcome, my brother. I ain't gonna uh, let you get off with that Kevin White dig, though. Like you didn't used to have the biggest heart on for him. Gosh, I did. Yes, I did. That was my dream. <laughs> that you're right, and that's why I like the Perryman. 
Tony was on the show yet, then he might have just been in the comment section. But Tony used to have the biggest heart all for Kevin White. <laughs> I saw that man in those underwear, those big muscles running fast. Boy, but he is what a bust he was. Here's a stat for you, Stat Daddy. Ed, Ed, Edgar Salamon, uh, Salamingo, Salamongo, Salamingo Jr. Mm-hmm. tweeted this out. Uh, it's a retweet off uh, Ian Hertz. He said, 47 players uh, have at least 10 deep ball targets this season, 20 yards down the field. The seven who had the worst catchable target rate. So that means that the just ball was not there. Thrown terribly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Keenan Allen, and Robbie Anderson. So... Uh, the tweet okay. is, we now have three of the four wide receivers with the worst catchable deep ball rates, target rates last year. Teddy Bridgewater might not have many deep shots, but you know those receivers are going to be hungry to catch that deep ball. If it's Good anywhere point. close, yeah. they're going to be giving him a hug and a kiss. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to T-Money real quick. Your thoughts on the Robbie Anderson's uh, sign-in or uh, Cam Newton. What what made you want to come on the C3 podcast tonight? Uh, I mean, we've been doing a lot of talking on Twitter, so it was just, you know, our fan base. You got to love them. You got to hate them. I just don't understand, like, I don't understand some people's thought process. I already seen today. Oh, we signed Roby Anderson. Why don't we trade Curtis Samuel? Why we can't have weapons for once? Right. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> we get a new weapon today that y'all want to trade Curtis Samuel for what? I just don't. I don't understand our fair base sometimes. But I like the Roby Anderson signing. Um, I definitely see why he chose that, and I felt like I said this. I think last week or two weeks ago, we had a good chance the longer he didn't get signed because that means he probably wasn't getting the big offers that he might have thought he was going to get. Yeah, so yeah, twenty mil. Yeah, and it's two years. You don't get locked up with them. We should be happy about this. Is that I think that, and when you speak of the fan base, one of the things I've seen you comment in a lot on Twitter are reactions to the coaching staff about the personnel moves. Last week, we unraveled on this podcast that while Marty Herney looks like he's doing the worst job as a GM, is actually doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing right now. He is becoming the fall guy, the bad guy. He's digging the mass grave for the past, and he's just the last body to be dropped in it at some point. But... Mm -hmm. Really, the personnel moves outside of Cam Newton, and like we, we can't really. How much are rules fingerprints on this? Is my question, UT Money. I think they're <coughs> heavy on it. I don't think. I think he's making all the personnel decisions. I don't think. Thank you. Yes. I don't think Kearney is there. Besides, um, at the point that we got Matt Rule, you might not have wanted to fire your whole scouting department right now. So that's why you wouldn't let. Marty Herney go right now. You would let him finish this draft that he's already been scouting for for a year and then knock him out the door after the draft. But that's what's so confusing to me. Why not do this shit a year ago? Like, like we're undergoing this entire process of basically rebuilding the Panthers from the ground up. We've got brand new people in the front office. We have guys that used to be doing soccer over in England. 
I mean, we're, we're, we're building everything brand new. And it seems like I hear this all the time from, from everyone. Oh, Marty Herney is just going to be here till the end of the draft and he's gone. Well, why even do that? Why is he still there? Because it seems to me like we have a general manager who is trying to save his job and, and trying to uh, put together a good draft, uh, a decent enough free agency, so that way he either retains his job with the Panthers or gets a job doing this somewhere else. Yeah. And, and yet at the same time, like Panther fans are still divided on what kind of team we're going to be next year. Is this a competitive roster based on all the signings that we've just made? Or are we tanking for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? I don't like, know it feels be. like we're not either. We're not closer to either one of those answers than we are before. And Marty Herney just muddies these waters even further. Yeah. Well, I'm Cody, I, th- I think we're way closer to tanking than we are to having a competitive team. And going back to what Team Money and Tony were saying, I, th- I think that the, the 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 fingerprints are all over this one with, with Matt Rule. I mean, look back to what Scott said when we were just talking to him. Wasn't he talking about – was he talking about Matt Rule and, and, yeah. and going to, going to New England and going to the Jets? And he said that part of the reason he didn't want to go there was because he wanted to hire his own staff and wanted to have his own control. Okay. When Matt Rule came here, he said the reason Joe Brady is there is because he wanted him there. Matt Rule yeah. is in control of what's going on. And what, what T-Money and, C- and uh, uh, Tony were saying, uh, Herney is the fall guy. That's why he's not gone right now. He's the fall guy for these two guys who have openly lied to us about a lot of stuff to not look bad whenever things go bad with the draft this year, if they go bad with the draft this year. But I promise you they'll take the credit if they go well. I mean, with that, though, we already as a fan base are already – a lot of people have been doing the most, saying they're not Panthers fans, this, that, and the other. They've been yeah, doing that, and that's with Marty Herney. Imagine if we had mm-hmm. a new GM that tried to do that. Some of these fans would have literally been trying to kill whoever it was. Right, right. And yeah. you don't so want the new GM to start off – with that taste in the fan base mouth. I think mm-hmm. that that's why Marty Herney breaking the news about Cam Newton, breaking the news about Trey Turner, breaking the news about Greg Olson, right? Oh, breaking the news More about poetic. Ron River. Yeah, is that like, hey, is he that hired all? all of them? Yeah. He and when you're gone, Cam? all of that's gone. So I think he's gone after this year. I don't know how if they retain him. Maybe they keep him around because they like him. You know, that's what Marty Herney. Obviously, he's like a cool dude to hang out with. Everybody just loves Marty Herney. Um, Cody's Cody's question was, "Why not do this last year?" Well, Cody, I'll answer that. Last year, I think we were all excited about what Marty Herney did in the off season. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw the signings that he made. He was able to re-sign Daryl Williams, who we thought was actually going to be able to contribute. Little did we know he was a one-year wonder. Um, and then we had uh, Gerald McCoy, Bruce Irving, uh, all of these people that uh, decided to come here and play that, I mean, even you know our, our uh, Matt Paradis. I mean, there were just so many people that we felt like he was doing. He did so much in the offseason that we thought we weren't going to be able to do because we had a horrible cap situation last year. Okay, I, under, I understand that. But then why does the benefit of the doubt continue to get extended to him when it didn't to others who took the fall? So exactly. for example, yeah, so for example, like if we all pretty much agree that we had a good roster going into last year, 
We had a good offense, a good defense. All of it hinged on Cam Newton. If if Cam Newton's injury and him going down was enough to fire Ron Rivera for us to cut Eric Reed, for us to get rid of uh, Don Tarpo and Gerald McCoy and all of these people, well, then why does that not also but, extend to Marty Herney? My I think it will. Is, listen, this is my honest thing. I have no real faith in Marty Herney. Like, I just don't. Like, I, I mean, uh, he drafted Cam Newton and he drafted Luke. Yes, but what I'm saying is, is when, when the man left Carolina, no one was knocking on his door for him to come and be a general manager or an assistant GM or do anything like that anywhere else. It was Jerry Richardson reaching back into his pocket for his old pal, and it just doesn't make sense to me why why there's this one straggler left over from this previous regime that frankly feels like he doesn't belong anymore. You can't oh, we'll, do all that. we'll do all that over Marty Ernie, but why do we not realize as a fan base that besides Washington and Buffalo, hardly anybody ever wants any of our players. Nobody. <laughs> it's always they won all of them. Colts took punches. It, it's oh, always the, the Jets that have a history. And the Jets. The Jets love the our players. With our players. Just leave the team and it's just that guy that like, oh, everybody in the league wants. Cam will be that guy, maybe, I mean, for a couple teams. But most of our players, if they either go unsigned or they go somewhere where one of our old coaches is at. It's not none of our players. Like, when people was getting mad, oh, Colin Jones is asking for a release. Where's he going to go? <laughs> what is he going to do? I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it. Like, I just I just don't understand it. Like, our fan base, it's a lot of players that we let go that ne- we never see them again. Even, I mean, look at the whole, besides Ted Ginn, who off the Super Bowl team in the receiving core is in the league? I don't know. Let's get into some more cat calls as we keep going. Uh, and see what these guys got to say. The number is 252-228-5098. Your thoughts on Matt Rule, Cam Newton, the direction of this team, how bad it is, how great it's going to be. What's going on, C3 Nation? This is a first-time caller, but I've been listening to y'all for a while. This is nice. Jamie. Thank you. What's um, up, Jamie? Yeah, man, this whole Cam thing is... It's really sick. This whole camp thing is really sick. The organization shitted on him. I hate it. You know, I understand about letting them go, but they could have done a better job with this. They really could have done a better job. They really, I mean, they were shitting on him. Even when Cal Allen was doing his 5-0 and run, and they never really calmed the narrative when all the media, all the media going crazy over it, they never calm, they never calm that situation down. And I feel like they did them wrong then. I feel like the whole organization shit is on them. I mean, he didn't give this guy no weapons, no protection. He did, he carried the team on his back. You know, this whole thing is crap. I ain't care what nobody say. These cam haters, I don't care about them. You know, I think everybody has benefited from how how great Cam was to this organization, to the Carolinas. You know, mm-hmm. he's the biggest super. He was the biggest superstar this area ha- ever had in pro sports. That's the truth. Bigger than Larry Johnson. Don't tell than me. All the yeah. morning. Yep. 
even bigger than Steve Smith. Steve Smith probably the, probably be the greatest Panther, but Cam Newton was the biggest superstar this this um Carolinas I ever had. All right, man, y'all hold it down. Great call. Yeah, great first call, Jamie. Thanks, one hundred percent. Thanks for your input. And uh, when it does come to Cam Newton, uh, I mean, I know y'all want to give the front office credit for uh, letting Cam go right now and before the draft. Maybe I'm just a butt, or maybe I'm just super team oriented. I don't really care about Cam Newton feelings. I would have kept him all the way to the regular, to preseason, the regular. I would have waited on somebody to get hurt and then traded him. He would have just yep. been sitting there. I agree. I don't know why no, we got – we obviously didn't care about his feelings because we cut him and he's getting healthy, right? So I am with you. I don't know how we didn't get anything out of it. And I do think – I mean, it's, it would, it's cause it we, would be like – we a, played our cards wrong from the yeah, very wrong. beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's all we've done. And that's another thing. When does Marty Hernandez is blaming that too? We still could have finessed that situation. I would have told because we already know who's probably going to look at Cam right now. The Chargers, even though they lied and said, "Oh, we uh, we're good with Tyrod Taylor," I would have played the Chargers, the Redskins, and the Patriots against each other. I would have been lying to all of them. Hey. Bill Belichick just asked me today, could Cam pass a physical? You know, if you want him, you better go ahead and call him. Or even, I would say. Well, that's still an option. New England. I mean, still an option. Well, for not for us to get anything. That's, well, but, you're right yeah. to pick him up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we dropped, cut him. Sorry. I apologize. Even yeah, you're right. Said, even though they said they wanted, to get, they wanted to move on for Cam, first of all, I think they did that because I don't think they really expected to get Teddy. I think they really mm-hmm. were to go along with it. I don't know. Yeah, there's some know, questions about call. that because the Joe Brady connection makes it feel like there was some sort of a direction that they wanted to go. The idea that if you continue to say that Matt Rule's fingerprints are on this and that he's not just groveling to Tepper and everything, obviously he had some sort of idea too going in. Maybe not a firm enough idea, but... Something with Joe Brady and and Teddy Bridgewater had to have been the deal sealer there. I just feel like now when it comes to the Cam Newton thing, one last point about the call. I do want to make this is, you know, this is exactly what we should probably expect from the Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton. Is is Cam Newton always made? It's like when you got a hot wife and you don't deserve a hot wife, and you start getting used to having a hot wife. Like, we just got mm-hmm. used to having Cam. Like, it was like, man, Cam can bail us out. Cam can do everything. Yep. Cam can do this. And we took it for granted a lot. We didn't give him weapons. And it was always too late. That's what it is. It was always too late. The decision to have surgery was always too late after months of rehab. The decision to get him an offensive line was years too late, and the best you do is Matt Khalil, and then last year with Little as a you know it was always putting wide receivers around him too little too late, and you know what is that we waited and we waited and we didn't get shit for Cam. The number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Go ahead, Greg. Well, I said, let me ask you, T-Money. I know you were talking about how 
you thought the best thing to do would have been to just hold on to him and wait until somebody needed a, 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 a you know injured injured quarterback or needed like was in desperate for quarterback. And I get that from a business standpoint. But what pisses me off the most about this is a moral standpoint. And I get that that in 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 the grand scheme of things that doesn't mean shit. I I, I get that. Okay. And I'm by no means a religious guy or anything like that. But I do believe in doing right by people. And even though I get what you're saying as far as business goes, how how messed up is that man to, to do what they did to this guy, to string him along like they did? And I don't know how much he had to do with anything going on because none of us know the back se- or the, the background or what's going on behind the scenes that's not being reported. We only know what we're being told. But based on what we're being told, can you really look at the organization and be happy with the organization based on the way they've they've handled this situation like for me Let's it's say, more than just business it's it's, it's it's life you know the best teams in the nfl are cutthroat like that look at new england new england is cutthroat then then you know what it is i would ra- i would rather i would rather be a loser that is a good team with their people than a winner that that is cutthroat mm. that that's me personally you know what? That's what that it sounds like a loser would say so but you know what all well, these maybe other, I'm a loser, you know? Sorry, like, I'm sorry. All, these other, all these other coaches like Bill O'Brien and Matt Patricia, they're trying to implement the Patriot way in, in their own respective places, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Instead of trying to build their own thing, they're trying to rebuild the Patriots. Like the fact yeah. of the matter is, I'm, I'm, like, not saying, I'm, just not, I'm not just saying the Patriots. Look at all the legends, the Hall of Famers that didn't fit. I seen Emmitt Smith in Arizona. I seen Joe Montana in Kansas City. We've seen legends upon legends not finish with the team. No, all right, but I don't think that Smith. that it means that's the only way to do it, though. And my right. thing, and listen, my thing is this: Cam Newton deserves to play football in 2020. And you know now, it, it, a, who, the Panthers don't owe him that. Look, let me put it this way: Cam, I, I Cam Newton deserves to play more than Colin Kaepernick does, and people will fight for Colin Kaepernick to play. My was, my thing is my so. my thing is my thing is this: it's not that the Panthers owe Cam Newton to play. It's been obvious that they've been wanting to move on from from Cam Newton for a while. Like I said, I came to this realization earlier. But my thing is is Cam Newton. If he's or Nick have a Foles. Shot How about play. this? Who sh- who should be in a football jersey on Sunday to start this season? Cam Newton or Cam Nick Newton. Foles? Cam Newton. Cam, Cam Newton. Everybody's going to say Nick Foles unless you're a Panthers fan because Nick Foles had a four-game stretch that he won and won a Super oh Bowl ring. Yeah, but then they went to Jackson. I'm just saying it's the way it is. You know? I just think it's yeah. – I don't think that he deserves to play – like, is I think he's good enough to be – a starter on Sunday. Like, so the but idea that Cam Newton's not a starter anymore. Been, no matter how long you had to hold him, get something for him. That's right. Uh, I that's agree with thing. that point. Let's go on to the next call. The number is 252-228-1598. What's up, Panther Nation? Panther fam? C3 fam in the chat. <laughs> What's Your up? boy Josh from Math. What's up, Josh? On what feels like the coldest, ugliest, stillest Tuesday in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I can't believe it's real. I can't believe it really happened. And not just not just the circumstances around it, but the fact that it was done so unceremoniously. The fact that 
Is he going you know, as things come out and we get to hear more and find out <laughs> yesterday he, you know, Cam had a physical and he passed it with flying colors. Of course he did. Of course he did. And, uh, you know, to be told that it's about his health, to be told that it was about this and about that and whatever, man, it, it, just, it just comes down. It's just straight up. Like, Pepper should have just been straight up with us. He's like, I don't like Cam. He should have said it. Instead of BSing yeah. the fan base about it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's I can lot. tolerate somebody telling me things I don't like. That's fine. I'm an adult. can deal with that. Most of us are adults. Most of us can deal with that. But what mm-hmm. infuriates me is somebody just lying, just straight lying. Like, dude, I get it. You're a billionaire, and, you know, everything's an investment, and money, money, money. But you know what? Winning NFL teams and profitable franchises are worth are about more than just winning, 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 and money, money, money. Exactly what and I was just health, saying. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what I was just saying. <laughs> you got to have an emotional connection to the fan base, otherwise. Thank it's you. Just Such a perfect time to there. It's just not okay. Mm-hmm. Like, let me explain something about this whole New England Patriots dynasty that people don't understand. There is a lot of fans who just watched this team suck for decades. Go into a mm. small stadium on the outskirts of nowhere in Massachusetts because Gillette Stadium, Foxborough, Mass, is not in Boston. It's in the middle of nowhere. And the fans would religiously and tirelessly make the pilgrimage. And then when the success came, it vindicated that emotional connection. And I don't feel like we're going to get that with the Panthers for a long time now. Um, Shit, I'm out of time. Go ahead, Greg. Uh, No, uh, there's nothing else really I can say. that He is preaching exactly what I was saying, and I hate using the word preaching for what I'm saying, but that's exactly what it is. He's preaching for, for, I mean, what I was just saying. There's more to an organization than just money and business decisions. It's a family. It's a community. It's a relationship. And you, you like, I'm sorry, but do you think teams like Green Bay that have been with their, their their cities for so long make every decision based on business? Yes. Like, granted, I, I no. Here. no. There's no way. There's no way. Then why did they just sign Aaron Rodgers when he had three years left on his deal to another deal? Because, because he will to happen because beat your ass you if you it. don't. Say it. No. No, say it. Because he will make the team better phys- emotionally and competitively. Mm. That's why. Is Cam still the answer to that question in Carolina? He would have been had we not just mistreated him and cut him unrighteously. I'm you know? not banking. How about T Money? We want him to be that answer. No. You, you know. can want something. That don't make it. That don't make it. That's right. Sense. But you I, I also know, don't know. know that he wouldn't have been. You, you're making an assumption saying he wouldn't have been. No, last no, time we, last no, time we saw Cam Newton healthy, he was an MVP candidate with a six and two record and a seventy one percent completion percentage. I love okay? Cam. But last time we saw him healthy. And listen, I'm gonna keep that same energy for everybody in here and everybody on the chat room. Now that Cam Newton's not on the team, now everybody that used to be defending him is that oh he's inaccurate. He was never an elite passer. I'm not going to do that, dude. No one's. I'm not saying you are. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you are. 
But to everyone who's saying that, dude, like Cam Newton, other than one year in 2015 and maybe 2013, he had two years of a good offensive line. Other than that, he was throwing to a bunch of fat-ass wide receivers that couldn't separate well, having to put the, the, the ball on a dime every single fucking time. And then when they finally he did was our Charlie weapons, Sheen, and, man. And then and then when they finally did put weapons around him, that's when you started to have the injuries. That's when you started to have the foot problem. That's when you started to have the shoulder issue. I'm just saying I don't, for everyone. I don't like, that, that's like all right, I can there's, separate it though. We did fail him when he was here. Yes, mm-hmm. every other quarterback has we failed him badly. offensive lines. Drafted even in the same year as him. Remember when Luck got taken? They took two tight ends that year. Yes, we failed him, but right now we did not owe him anything, especially with a new coaching staff. We did. No, we owe nineteen we million dollars or more, more year to play. <laughs> well, he we, got we it. Planned, he got an agreement it. on that. Oh, actually, he, he didn't get that. it. He but, didn't get it. He got cut. Yeah. Uh, here he wasn't the coach who, who, who was there when that agreement doesn't was. matter. He walked into that situation. He accepted those well, terms you can release him. You can release him. We did what was in with the confines of rule. I think this is this reminds me of a couple of there's two points I want to make on the heels of what you guys have said is one is <laughs> I do worry that this is this like moving on that is like it's just this has natural progression. The real question is, is this the right time or not to move on from cam? Right. And I I want to be cautious like uh, I don't want to be a prisoner of this one weird foot injury because it's something that happens to all types of players It's problematic but like the recency bias well I don't, i'm not ready to just say cam newton's injury prone right is he's not, been no. you know but people are acting like he's broken and i don't know if that's the case and then the other point i had was is that um maybe this is good for cam in in the in one in one way is he does have the opportunity to have like a Brew Brees Drew Brees type moment in his career where he, yeah, when he went to the Saints, you know, joining in something, something fresh, shake off that. It's a narrative right now that Cam Newton's injury prone because first of all, he wasn't for so long. This shoulder mm-hmm. shit fucked him up. They didn't do it right the first time. It lingered. Cam. We know that from every injury he had. Though. Cam always is the type that he wants to wait to see if it's going to heal first. He was. He, he I think he was super scared of the knife early on in his career. Did you blame him for that when you're the quarterback of the football team and the entire team's success depends on you being no, no, out no, there? No, I'm not blaming him for. I'm just saying that I've always felt like that was a Cam thing, though, to think that it's going to see if it can heal naturally. Yeah. He waits two, three, four months too long. Then he has a surgery, and he's – when's the last time really – what, maybe – no, because he was still limited last year. When's the whole time Cam was there for a whole training camp from start to finish? I don't think it's been ever, to be honest. I feel like every year I felt like we've had to see Derrick Anderson throw. We've had to see uh, Kyle Allen run with the ones. Because if I, you go through his, his – like the years, is the first year was the lockout. Mm-hmm. It might have been that second Ankle? season. 
Yeah, that, yeah. That I can't remember if the ankle was the ankle the second or the third. Right. But I feel like right. it was the third because that was we were facing. I remember Cincinnati, and that's when they were twisting uh, Greg Olson's right. ankles and Cam Newton's ankles. So I think it would have been its third season. And I think too that they were really protective of that same ankle injury the following year, mm-hmm. um, after mm-hmm. that season. So that was two. And then 15, so, I mean, like, he was limited in 15. It was never just, like, he's been throwing from day one, leading the team, right? They've always been had – he's always off on the side doing this stupid shit with Mike Shula, right? And working on this pocket movement that never changed. And then it started in 2016. It was shoulder, and then 2017 – I mean, this has been shoulder, shoulder since then. Yeah, but this is what I'll say. The biggest two reasons why Cam is not here is, one, um, the whole extension thing. I mean, Cam might not have made a big deal out of it, but an agent is going to make a big deal out of it, out of right. somebody that right. he has a fast quarterback or whatsoever playing on a one-year deal with no guarantee. Um, and then the second is thinking about the future. Say we had, whether it was Cam or Teddy Bridgewater, most people felt like we weren't going to be good this year, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a hard question. Is right now it looks like we could be all right on offense, right? We might have the best. I've been saying saying that the whole offseason. Joe Brady's not going to let that offense look but so bad because he's going to be a head coach in the next three years. But either way, if we draft the quarterback of the future, sign the quarterback of the future with all the cap money we have next year, Teddy Bridgewater's ego, humility, whatever you want to say, it will allow him to be a backup quarterback and he won't make a big deal out of it. Say if we suck this year and we did get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or whoever next year, I don't see Cam being happy being a backup. Hell no, because he's not a backup. So I don't – Teddy Bridgewater right – say Teddy Bridgewater right now. If we drafted one of them next year, we could start one of them and Teddy Bridgewater wouldn't open his mouth. Or what if Tua well, fell to us at seven and we picked Tua and then we said we're going to go with Teddy all year? You don't feel like Teddy's going to try to force a trade or some shit? Yeah, well, not, T- Teddy Bridgewater yeah, I hasn't. His interview, I watched his interview yesterday when he he chose to still back up Drew Brees. He could have went. Uh, he said Miami wanted him real That's because he thought he was getting that starting job. Yeah, he wow. thought Drew Brees was, he thought he was getting that starting job. He, that would be mm-hmm. a, 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 a cushy idea. Drew Brees just came back again. I know well, he well, just he came back he in now, yeah. right? He thought, but we didn't know that before. He thought he was going to retire this year. Everybody, everybody thought he was going to retire this year. Yeah, like so. I, I'm, like the reality is, I mean, I think they should have kept Teddy Bridgewater. But let's mm-hmm. be honest. The reason I agree with you, Team Money, is because he hasn't proven anything. Like he has an entire career of injuries and mediocrity with his figures. Like then, if you look at his stats, you want to point out his, you know, Cam Newton stats. Look, look at Teddy Bridgewater's stats. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater's stats aren't even anywhere in the ballpark as good as Cam Newton's. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why Cam Newton deserves to be a starting quarterback, and he should never be sitting behind another quarterback uh, unless he comes back this year and he just shits the bed. Then at that point in time, he has to maybe t- have a talk with himself: Do I want to continue to play football or? am I going to make this a big deal and then do something else? Because I'm not going to be a starting quarterback if I shit the bed this year. 
That's true, but I just don't see Cam ever being comfortable with that. If you have, if you're gonna roll with Cam, you have to be a hundred percent behind Cam. Yeah, right. You, you, you should be like that with any. You should be like that with any player you're with. You Can really I just should. say how much it infuriates me on my inside that Drew Brees is still playing with the Saints and Matt Ryan is still playing with the Falcons and Cam Newton isn't here anymore, dude. That's mm-hmm. it. Fucking pisses me off, man. You know what fucking infuriates me about this whole situation is that Cam Newton is homeless right now, jobless. Kirk Cousins makes more. Kirk Cousins makes more money than half of South America put together. And damn, like you look around, and Nick Foles continues to be a starter. Like the world, that's what it's like. um, It's a Greek tragedy. This is a tragedy. I don't want to make it a big thing like that, but we know when it comes down to a certain degree of race. I mean, we just seen Colt McCoy get another job. I know. No, you're right. And, and by, but I do by, think by you're on to something, T-Money, though, with the idea that, like, some of these guys' personalities, it might not be that they're better or worse, they're better than Cam. That's not the point. Is their personalities more conducive to a role player, more conducive to a backup so you know what I'm saying you can bring you can bring Colt McCoy in in a day and then let him leave the next day and nobody's gonna fucking notice. You bring Cam well, Newton in, you know it's gonna rearrange the room. But can I also if, say it's it, it's hard to make the race argument when we cut a black quarterback and we sign two black quarterbacks and cut a white quarterback. Like we we cut a white and a black quarterback and we sign two black quarterbacks. So it's hard to make the race and, argument in you there. Can you definitely know? make it longer in the league if you're a white quarterback with no personality. Okay, but I'm just talking about with Carolina. It, you can't say it's a race thing with Carolina. We just signed two black quarterbacks and cut a white and a black quarterback. So yeah, I'll give you that. Legal. Okay. There's a lot of people that we've said, how do they how do they still have a job in the NFL? Yeah, Colin you're right. Jones. You're right about that. Yeah, you're right about that. But. I mean, All I right. don't know, man. Uh, yeah, we have, we have more calls. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep going. Let's do it. Anyhow, Josh from Math again. Anyhow, those fans who went and watched this team lose in Schaefer Stadium and Foxborough Stadium, um, they were vindicated because they, you know, okay, yeah, Tom Brady wasn't really a thing until. You know, right before Gillette Stadium was a thing, and you know he was kind of the beginning of all the winning for them. But at the same time, there was a lot of greats on that team that got to be part of the coming out of the shadows of the AFC and no longer being a team that just got the crap kicked out of them by the Colts every year. Um, you know, and I think a lot of us had that kind of story in mind for the Panthers when they, you know, we got a new owner who said he wanted to win and, you know, oh, you know, all this. And now it just seems like, you know, we're going to throw a bunch of big names together on a team. And the only real cohesion is that they all know the coach or knew the coach or played for the coach or friends with the coach or whatever. Um, I, I feel like, Right now, there's a little too much cronyism going on in that locker room in that building. You know, uh, I hate to say it, but I'm I'm really wishing that on that fateful Tuesday morning, um, that instead of just going with Matt Rule, um, that we had at least interviewed Josh McDaniels, that we would have 
God. you know, done the due diligence and taken the time and really taken a better look at uh, Eric Bieniemy. Um, because I feel like <clears throat> to some degree, I feel like Rule is just a yes man right now. Yes. He's just kind of going with the flow. Um, you know, he's, he's being now, of course, now that more things have been cleared out, um, you know, he's being given more control over things. And I think that's obvious based on the people we're picking up. Um, yeah, it, it's just going to be real hard to be a Panthers fan for the next couple of years, you know, especially because for me, I was at Cam's last game. That's something I will always say that will haunt the shit out of me. I was at Cam's last game. So Not were we. His last game as a Panther. His last, well, to date, his last game in Bank of America. I'm sure he's going to show back up there, and I'm sure he's going to tear the Panthers up, and I'm sure they're going to deserve it. They do deserve it. This mm-hmm. has been a massive okay. disservice to not only Cam and his legacy, but to the fans. To all those kids who got game balls, to all the fans, to all the charity work he's done in town. Come on. The man don't deserve better. Mr. Tepper, start pounding, you old fool. All right. Uh, question I want to I open with CK, and then you pass the mic. Level of concern when it comes to rules. Um, what is it when you bring in nepotism, right, mm. is um, – is, your level of concern is this him looking for comfort and familiarity, or does this show his unfamiliarity with the NFL? I think it makes it easier for people to buy into what he's selling if he has people that have already bought in before. Um, you know, I think that that type of buy in can be contagious. And I think right now, what he's looking for is an entire group of grown men who believe they're the best athletes in the world who uh, may have a bit of a, uh, a complex when it comes to authority figures, uh, you know, to be able to buy into what he's saying. Um, the part of it that I will disagree with uh, Josh for Mass on is saying that Matt Rule is a yes man. I don't think he's a yes man. I think that the reason that it took one interview for them to hire him is because uh, Matt Rules and David Tepper's uh, vision for the future of this franchise are so in line with one another that Tepper has basically given him the reign. So I do believe I agree with Bat Daddy when he says that these are decisions Rule is making because I don't think that this is a yes man move. I think this is a we are all on the same page with what we're doing moving forward, and that's what's happening here. The scary I mean, part listen. about. The scary part about hearing that, though, is is that Matt Rule is really his fingerprints are over all over the yeah. move forward. That's the scary part. Of, mm-hmm. Co- Cody, uh, is this him seeking familiarity with players that he knows, or is this a sign of his unfamiliarity with the NFL? Well, yeah, but I want to like we got to stop pretending like not everyone does this. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we Ron, Ron Rivera's doing this in Washington. Dave Gettleman's doing this in New York. Brandon Bean's doing this in Buffalo. This happens all the time. When coaches or players or GMs have a connection, they, they, they build on that rapport, and they say, okay, I was able to make something work over there. I trust that I can make it work again over here. And listen, I'm just not going to be critical on Matt Rule right now. You know why? 
because Matt Rule is the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, and I have not been able to judge him coaching a football game in the NFL. So at the end of the day, like I said, man, people, if you want to shoot your blame one way or the other, fine. Everyone's emotions are raw right now. Everyone feels a certain kind of way. That's fine. I understand that. But everyone's kind of picking and choosing where they want to put their blame on. Oh, well, Matt Rule should have never said that he wanted to work with Cam Newton, and then now that's not going to happen. Well, yeah, okay, but what was he supposed to say when at the time he was still on the football team? And Ian, even even Ian Rappaport had turned around and started reporting that Cam Newton was likely to be the Panthers going into next season. So I don't blame Matt Rule for doing literally anything that he's done at a point in time where he's been brought in. He knows he has a long leash. He's not under pressure to win a Super Bowl right now. I'm just I'm not going to be down. On, on Matt Rule until it gives me a reason to not believe in, in what he's doing. Well, and, the only and- reason to be down on him, it, it's not now, it's later on. If Cam Newton is the comeback player of the year and teams are, you know, that that's the that'll be the one thing that will always... And, and that, okay, and if that happens... But when you make that choice, sometimes, I mean, it's that choice for right then and you just have to deal with it. Well, I'm, yeah. sure it is, I'm sure it was probably some Packer fans when Brett Favre was playing well for the Vikings and getting them to the NFC Championship game, saying, oh, we should have kept Brett Favre. Blah, blah, blah. But mm. our face is just annoying because we do that whole, oh, when Cam comes back, Cam should just tear us up and have three, four, five touchdowns. When Steve Smith comes back, I hope he gets 200 yards. On it. Like, and he I did. don't see where the fan base do all that <laughs> stupid crying stuff. Like, uh, well, Steve I mean, Smith did tear us up when he came back. Just so you know, my he, thing he, is he this. My thing is this. It, let's did, say but Cam he also Newton, lost 15 to 20 pounds. But let's say Cam Newton does that next year <laughs> and does have an MVP season or a comeback season and, and plays well. Well, in my mind, it, even still, like it, the, the people holding the reins to the organization right now are first and foremost David Tepper, and then right under him is his little lap dog, Marty Herney. And just. <laughs> It, uh, putting out, putting out this will. I just, I, I don't, dude, I, mm. I don't think that that Matt Rule right now is superseding the uh, the decisions made by David Tepper and and Marty Herney. You cannot I get me to believe that. Oh, please, I got this. I got this. Let me hop on real quick. Let me hop on real quick. quick. Okay, first of all, Matt Rule. We know for a fact, one, he'll lie to you. We've seen it happen. We've seen it. Like, I'm not saying everything he says is a lie, but we know for a fact he has no problem lying to you, okay? So we go back and look at Matt Rule. Had an interview with the Jets. Didn't go there because he didn't want to uh, – wanted to have more control of the team, which means, one, he wants control of the team. Didn't go to the Giants because they didn't offer him enough money. So why did he come to Carolina in the first interview? Because we gave him control of the team and offered him a huge contract. That's why he came here. Okay, that's why Matt Rule is here. It had okay. it was whoever gave him control and whoever gave him the most money, he was going to. He had no loyalty to anybody coming in the NFL. Okay. So, second of all, I want to say we on this show criticized Ron Rivera and castrated him and told him he was a piece of shit and every and, and basically ran him out of here because he was signing players and playing players that he wanted. I'll have Matt a Rule of this. is doing the 
Matt Rule is doing the exact same thing right now. We are praising him for it, and the players he is signing and choosing to start are unproven guys. At least the guys Rivera had were proven guys that were one-time pro bowlers. Or at but least Von, Von yeah. Rivera didn't sign any uh, of the free agents that that that, that we signed last year. I'm, I'm glad that, you brought, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. So that yeah. means that whenever this happens, that means that we need to either relieve Ron Rivera of the criticism we've given him, or no. we need to hold Matt Rule to the same criticism. It's a major difference. It's a, it's, a, it's a major difference in the two. You're not going to compare us signing Roby Anderson to us keeping Britton Burson for threefold. Guys, guys, listen, everybody is wrong on this. Our coaches are not signing the players. Matt Rule, okay, listen, yeah. Okay, why did you get from Matt Ron Rivera? So, okay, David and Baylor. Hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Okay, yeah, we're signing Baylor players. We're signing Temple players. We know this, okay? But the 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 the, the criticism between Ron Rivera and Matt Rule were two different things because we had young, talented players on the roster that Ron Rivera would That's just right. out refuse to play. Right, like right, right now, what mm-hmm. are we criticizing Matt Rule for? Okay, what he lied about wanting to play with Cam Newton for all he, for all we know. Uh, Matt Rule wanted to play with Cam Newton, and David Tepper said, "No, I'm not signing over for a third year in a row the reins to a uh, uh, to a quarterback that tanked both of the last two seasons." So I just so, I, I don't understand like that. There's no way to compare them, especially after Ron Rivera had nine seasons in Carolina and never produced a back to back winning season. And neither did any other coach ever played for us. Ever, ever coached for us. Neither any other coach has ever coached for us. Let me ask you something, Cody. If we sign a player, let's just say randomly we sign a linebacker next year, just just Joe Schobert, whatever his name is. I don't, I don't know if he signed or not. Let's just use it for an example. Yeah, yeah. We sign him. We sign him next year to a deal where he's making fifteen million dollars a year. Okay, which for that position, I believe, is a pretty pretty decent paycheck. Okay. But then we have a guy come in that's a rookie that we picked up in the seventh round is playing better. Okay. Who do you want playing on the field? You want the guy you're play, paying $15 million a year or the yeah. guy you picked up in the seventh round? The guy you picked, the, whoever's Ron, playing better. Ron I mean, Rivera, that's not but, what Matt was done. Ron Rivera had, like, we forget. Ron Rivera made Jonathan Stewart the starter and Christian McCaffrey the backup. The in just in Christian McCaffrey's rookie year. year, and I think Jonathan Stewart still had like 700, 800 yards. Nah, year, Jonathan so. Stewart was bad year. trash. He was, was garbage that year. Here's the thing: is that you're comparing the end of an era to the beginning one, so we just don't know. But I will also tell you, I have a 10 inch cock. Guess what you just learned about me. That, you're, that, that I will fucking lie to you. <laughs> that I will lie to you, asshole. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, let's go to um the you can't compare you can't compare that. Ron Rivera Ron Rivera consciously between him and Jerry Richardson made decisions that weren't for the best thing for this football team just to keep veterans in Wait, the one last one last one last question for Greg. Greg, do you think Cam Newton isn't on this team anymore because Matt Rule gave him the axe? 
Uh, I think Matt Rule had a part in it because Matt Rule has said that I am the one in charge of this. I'm the one. Do you believe? Do you believe he had the lion's share of say uh, so in this? Decision? Yeah, I do think. I, I bet you that they had a line he pushed the momentum there. All right. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I want to disagree uh, with Cody, and I disagree with Cody on this point that I do think that Matt Rule is more influential in these personnel decisions. I don't think he's just sitting here going... Uh, yeah, like, I don't think he's just sitting here waiting, saying, oh, I hope you guys get me some good players. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that... To find two no, well, obviously, two they're players, him. I mean, no one's saying yeah. is, doing that. That is normal. That is what teams... It is normal, but we gave Ron Rivera hell for it. Because he we was sorry him. at it. He was sorry. But it wasn't just that. What was his name? But we're, up, but we're upset about all the players that are leaving now that he, that he had. We're not upset about them. Actually, are we really upset about anybody other than Cam Newton? No, I mean. We missed Josh Norman for a whole year because he talked back to Ron Rivera one time. And we started drinking Florence and Antoine Quezon over Josh Norman. And oh, Josh God. Norman had one good year, and Josh Norman had one good year in his career, and then it's been garbage ever since then. So yeah, I mean, I I, I get that. Braden Ford and Antoine Cason, who they benched by like what week three, week four. Remember old day okay, I'll give you that. Josh Norman's better than them. I'll give you that one. <laughs> I can't. No. I can't argue. But that he went on and didn't do. Much. I actually don't think anybody were jettisoning, other than Cam. Cam Newton just brings the emotional factor. But um, all right, let's continue through with the calls. We still got more to go. Let's see what this is. I forgot what. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, the Black Cat, Brandon Herbert. Uh, I know no, your line is probably like lit up and everything. Uh, I just finished the podcast from last week or whatever. Um, and I'm very, first of all, I'm disappointed in a lot of Carolina Panther fans, and I'm starting to get pissed off. Uh, because. All right, could they have handled the situation with Cam better? Yeah. Yes. Nobody is saying that they handled it perfectly. But if motherfucking Tom Brady, that's been 20 years with the organization, got told basically that we don't want you in here no more. Actually, they tried, Bill Belichick tried to tell him two years ago, if he can get, get on another team, if. Peyton Manning can be with the other teams. Joe Montana, the list goes on and on. Cam is not, not like, I mean, I get everybody. I'm looking at it from a business perspective. And it pisses me off that y'all don't get that. And and not everybody, because I, I, I actually appreciate G's call, because I agree with a thousand percent of everything he said last week. And it. I don't understand a lot of Carolina Panthers fans. And as anybody with the first go around, I was the biggest person that was yipping and hollering for Marty Hurden to get fired. But I'm well, tired of coming true. Acting, y'all acting like that, that he hasn't been doing a decent job. Uh, go back to uh, some of the, the calls that I – called back before I've been harping about Teddy Bridgewater for the longest because I thought he would be a good fit we got Teddy Bridgewater a few months ago I've been you look at my Twitter 
account I've been harping about rent, uh, uh, Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. We got Robbie Anderson. He now the sad thing, the only thing I will give you is, uh, Cam, we've tried to put Cam the weapons around Cam through the draft and everything, but we've never gotten a talented receiver in free agency. So it's kind of bummer that we do it once once he leaves. Yeah, but he's even. But I'm tired of this shit too. that y'all can't like. It's a business. Cam Newton. He'll be fine. I hope he's successful wherever he goes. But y'all, if if all these, I don't, people, I don't get okay. y'all. Like for real. Like I, all, right. I, I, all the calls and well, all first because I don't think that we have been. I actually think we've been kind of reserved. That's mm-hmm. Brandon Herbert. Brandon Herbert, best well, call. In- let, let me let me say something. Don't tell and, him, and that. Brandon. What? what no, no. Well, yeah. I, I, while Brandon, while I say you, you agree it's a business, so you kind of want to be cutthroat. And I get that because that's, that's a mindset you want to have. Well, if it's a business, then I don't want to hear anything else about people talking about Colin Kaepernick coming into the league. It's a business. He got cut because he couldn't play. So if that's the way we're going to be, I don't want to hear anything about that. See people talk about well, Tim Tebow coming back in the league. It's I, a business. He got cut. Than, he can't play. Kaepernick at the crib right now is better than Nick Foles. <laughs> All right, so here, I want to go back to the thing. First, is I think that this is a little opportunistic by Brandon Herbert. Right, because first of all, what we have done, what I have done for the last two years since Marty Herney took over from Dave Gettleman has praised his work so far. Uh, And I I don't even think this destruction of the team has been done in a poor fashion, right? So, no. But we do believe that Marty Herney is a dead man walking. I do believe that. And real, the real point of the matter, though, is this, is that the people who are not going on crying and saying, I'm going to write a love poem for Cam, right? And I, sh- and I am one of those people, too, I think. Because I've tried to be like, oh, I've been trying to be stable in this yeah but i think really the end of the question it just comes down to is do you think that cam newton is done or is he gonna get better and that i think is the only situation we've just sometimes but sometimes you have to deal with that when you move on okay that's fine that's fine man went to two super bowls after he left the Colts and won one of them yeah but there's also times where you get it wrong too drew Brees. Look, Philip Rivers. That's, that's you know, I mean, that's, so you just that that's the thing is we might you, you know you're right is that we might move on and things uh can't work out for Cam and it turns out it was the the right decision kind of like Dave Gettleman said every now and then you got to let a big dog walk. I get that. Yeah, you're all Pepper is saying is he's not going to be the one to take that bet. But if we had first of all two different scenarios, one. If we did all this, didn't sign Teddy, and we go into the year with Cam, Kyle Allen, and Will Greer again, and Cam gets hurt again, what? what, what, what who are you going to cry to? Who you gonna but cry we're, to? Then we end up in the same position we're going to end up in next year anyway. You're gonna be, at you the end of next season anyway. I don't want to watch Kyle Allen for another year. I don't. I don't care who it is. I don't care if we didn't sign Teddy Bridgewater and we just signed, uh, what's the dude from the XFL? P.J. Walker. I don't, don't want to watch Kyle Allen for another year. I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I don't well, you won't have to. 
No, you won't have to unless you watch Washington. But let me ask you, what's a bigger risk? Taking somebody that you know is proven, that you've already paid for, that is on your team, that knows the system, that's familiar with the community, that may or may not be as good as they were because of injury, or taking somebody else who's just as injury prone, that has no idea about the system we're running, that that, 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 that is less proven. Like, what's what's a... Besides that fluke injury, what injury did Teddy Bridgewater have? Besides Cam Newton's back up, Bitus. Uh, no, 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 no. And you know what? No, no, no. I'll, I'll pull it up for you. No, that's Teddy Bridgewater's had a lot of injuries. Remember, this dude has been knocked unconscious yes, on the he's field. He's had a lot of injuries. Like three mm-hmm. times. A lot of like, wrist injuries, like, hip injuries. He's had a lot of injuries. So, too, then Cam is definitely injury prone. No, 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 dude. I'm talking Teddy Bridgewater got, there was a game against Seattle where Teddy Bridgewater got knocked unconscious for like straight up 10 Mm -hmm. seconds. Cam Newton has never been knocked like I'm just asking what's a bigger risk. Are we gonna are we gonna pretend like we didn't see the game where Cam slowed down going into the end zone against Atlanta? Atlanta. Oh god. That mug, he and got he still got in the end zone, didn't he? He did but get in the end zone, but he, right? he got in the end zone. Missed so, two yeah, weeks. And, and he finished the game. And he finished the game. Yeah. But yeah, but Cam Newton has also taken a bunch of other hits that we know Teddy Bridgewater right. will never. I don't think it's fair to say that he, to either write him off as injury prone or clear him. Based on the fact he just That's hasn't played, or, yeah, is that like so? Yeah, we, we just, don't know. We'll find out if he gets hurt this yeah. year. <laughs> if we get hurt, if he gets hurt this year, then we can do it. All right, two five two 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 eight fifty nine. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, so but you all told the, him all it was these, a great call. Cam Newton this and Cam Newton that. I promise you, and I've grown and I've stopped complaining about uh, the problems that I had with Cam and everything. Why aren't I you talking Cam, about James I Bradbury? I wish that he would have gifted him this last year. <laughs> I've been saying that for the longest. We should at least let him play out this last year. But don't act like, that. <laughs> like like he hasn't been injured the last couple of years. I mean, the, he's a big man, so once these injuries um, start happening, it, it, it has a chance of continuously happening. It's like an offensive lineman when, you injure, when they injure their knee or their shoulder. They continuously have problems because they're bigger people. That's so everybody. Like, don't act like he's just he's the same old Cam, the 2015 Cam. Not saying he can't be get back to that, but don't act like that. Like, all right, I gotta go. Just, it's Unless you're gonna talk about it James Bradbury, I don't want to hear anymore. Just leave it at that. Wish Cam well and move on. Carolina didn't do anything wrong when it comes to letting him go. They made the right decision in their eyes. Oh, so, well, I can say in their eyes. Nice I, caveat there. Hey, fellas. Pig Stampede here for two weeks in a row. Glad Pig to see Stampede. Cody back and Pig's healthy. Good? Thanks, Look, I'm going to lay it down simple, man. I'm tired. I'm really tired of listening and reading all these Carolina Panther fans. All they do is cry and whine and everything is doom and gloom. This team doesn't know what they're doing. David Tepper needs to be fired. You can't fire the owner, you dumb fuck. Look, damn! A, a lot of you people are, apparently are new Panther fans. Maybe just since Cam Newton got there, but this franchise has been dysfunctional for a long time. It's time for a new era in Carolina. Give David Tepper a chance to do what he's doing. He's blowing the team up on purpose. That's very clear. 
He's getting rid of all the blue chip players outside of maybe Christian McCaffrey. But all the old players, he's getting rid of everybody. Why are they doing that? They're doing it to tank. Why are they tanking? Because they want a franchise quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback. He's not the future. They know that. They're going after Trevor Lawrence, hopefully, or Justin Fields from Ohio State. The future is bright. We had to sit through a season of crap. But I've been a Carolina Panthers fan since the day they became a franchise in 1995. I've seen lots of crap. 93, they were one I could sit through one more. You, you people have short memories. What was the season like before Cam Newton got there? The fucking crap. worst moment of my life. It's been crap the that past couple of years, thinking. too. Hell, it was crap before David Tepper got there. I mean, Ron we went to as many Super Bowls before Cam Newton got there as we did when he was there. Play hurt for Bro. two seasons <laughs> with two separate injuries and ruined Cam Newton. Yeah. Oh, this is what you get. Y'all are going to miss fucking Cam Newton, bitches. This y'all all bitches are going to miss yeah. some fucking Cam it. Newton. That's what I'm going to say. Y'all going to miss it. This is the problem. Uh, concerns. My number one concern right now is that the Panthers are going to be an eight and eight team. You know, We're or not six and nine. That. I don't know why. Are, why are people confused about that? Matt Rule said it clearly in his press conference that he feels like when he gets to a team that he starts a new program, he starts a new tradition, he gets them used to winning. He said in his press conference, "I don't think in the NFL it will take that long." Because in the NFL, you can easily more so bring in the guys that you want to bring in than a college program. A college program, that first year, you're forced to play with the other coaches, recruits, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Whatever his team was, you're forced to play with that team. They are not tanking. Are they going to win a lot of games? They just might not. All right. Well, then tell are- me this, Team Money. What the fuck is going on with the defense? The defense, I think they're just going to have a mostly defensive draft. But even the guys they signed, like Whitehead, yes, he was a Temple guy, but he is a good linebacker. He does play a lot of games and make a lot of tackles. He's not Luke Keekley. Nobody's going to be Luke Keekley. We'll probably never have another Luke Keekley. But is he a good, serviceable linebacker in the league? Yes. Uh, the guy we got from the Vikings, Weatherly. Who does he remind me of? Mario, a young Mario Addison, a guy that was stuck on a team where he wasn't getting playing time. Uh, does pass mm, rush when he's in there? If mm. you, I mean, I watched him. He backed up Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter. Who wouldn't sit behind him too? And but and you know, I I gotta say, there's there's a reason he backed them up. And if you've played for seven or eight years in the NFL and you haven't been a breakout player. You're not you all mean? of a sudden in your eighth or ninth year going to be a breakout player. This, this is not, not going to happen. He's, he's, year, but yeah, he's very long. young. He's only 25. And go look at how long Mario Addison really didn't play before he started producing. Yeah, he was like with three teams. So but Listen, am I the only one on here that could like, – listen, guys. I've been through two seasons of hell where my, where my, my expectations were so high – we thought Cam Newton was going to come back and tear it up, right. and, and for for it to just peter out. Like, is it really going to affect any of you that much if we have to suffer through another? I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough, especially us having to do a podcast about it. But like, if we do win three or four games, and it's clear 
that we're trying to get a better uh, a better quarterback next season. Like, I'm fine with that, dude. I'm so fine. Listen, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to go from my favorite player ever in Cam Newton to, uh, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. And it's like, it's like what Pigskin Pete said in that call. Like, that, that's not, that isn't going to really give me a ton of, of uh, confidence that we're going to be a team that can go out there and just rip shit up, even in spite of our defense. Like, I, I, I have no problem. Dude, we're probably going to have – we're going to be pissed when we got, like, the best offense that we've had in a while. Yeah, I think that's how next year is going to be. We're going to be scoring 20, 25, 30 points, but we're going to give up 35, 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be the problem, and I think that's where uh, difference of uh, culture, right? You know, Ron Rivera wanted to run the ball, drain the clock, you know, which resulted in very low-scoring affairs, and uh, I don't think we're going to have that. I just – I was really hoping to be able to see Cam Newton in an offense that was going to actually air the ball out, allow him to get 300 yards every single season – uh, you know, or every single game and whatnot, but uh, you know, because of the the situation being what it is, we're not going to get to see that at least here. Um, we'll and see what and Teddy Bridgewater, we said this a lot last week, is that if you extract Cam Newton from the emotional component of this, we would be very excited. Teddy Bridgewater is the next best case scenario. Yep. Yep. All right, next call. And I hate when people, I hate when people oh, man, play his really Oh, this is you. I'm sure. skipping your call. Hi, what's up, sweet three families? Carl D. What's going on, the professor? What up, Carl? Professor T. Now he's got to remember everybody else's. <laughs> he's working the on it. man himself, <laughs> Mr. CK. And welcome back, Ooh. Cody. Hope you're feeling hey, better. Anyway. Hey, Cody, you missed it last week. I was so pissed with the way they did Cam. You probably would have been proud of me. The way I ranted, went off on them. You, I mean, the, the man, the way they did the man who put us, put the Panthers on uh, the map, basically. And, yeah. yeah. But anyway... I'm just calling to, to say what's up to you guys. Um, hope everybody is being safe during this time. My job hasn't, um, we haven't had a quarantine, stay at home quarantine yet. So, you know, I guess that's good. Uh, then again, I don't know if it's great either. But anyway, I, um, I haven't, I heard a little bit of what y'all were talking. I came, I got to show it a little bit late today. Um, my thoughts is just like last week. The organization has no benefit of the doubt with me anymore. No benefit. So, like I said last week, I'm not I'm with you, man. in a rush. I'm not going to be. Be too happy to watch any games this year. Well, the good news is you shouldn't have given them a lot of play. benefit of the so, doubt before because they haven't really Sunday been good at any of this. Now might be the day that I go fishing <laughs> during the Panther game. So, you know, but hey, 
I will still be, I will still be, um, you guys, be a part of the family, you guys, on Tuesday nights. Word up. Oh, Go by the way, right. um, my cousin says he wants to join me one night on coming on a podcast. Um, Your yeah. Cousin? So, Did he go to Temple? If he went to Temple, we'll we'll try to make it happen. We'll make it. Happen. We'll try to get one, the ball one day here and soon. Get All right, guys. Um, uh, somebody tell me we have some good. Well, never mind. We don't have any good news. All right. We Thanks, have- Carl. Dude. <laughs> go ahead, Greg. Yeah. Hey, real quick. We were talking a second ago about the Panthers wanting to move to a team where they're going to be a, a higher points per game team. Uh, more in like the twenty to thirty point range. Uh, I just want to let y'all know last year, rule offense. Last year we were five and eleven, and we averaged twenty one point five points a game. And I'm sitting here looking at the stats. Last year minus two thousand fourteen. Last year we scored three hundred forty points the whole year. Two thousand fourteen we scored three thirty nine. Excuse me, so one less point. Every other year, Cam has been a quarterback. We scored more points than that. So we have averaged more than twenty two points a game. Cam Newton's entire career. And by stats, any team that scores 17 or more points a game has like a 68% chance of winning that game. Okay, so we've been a team that scored points. Well, we, we tried just, to test that to the limit for the first five years because we scored 17 points a game for six years straight at one point, I feel like. There's no can I, way. Can I, hit you with a stat points to look up, no way. can I hit you with a stat to look up, though? Yeah. What? Uh, what's Cam's record? This is something to work on. What's Cam's record when he throws for more than 300 yards? Ooh, let me that. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough stat to that's mind. Tough, I bet you it's probably. Yeah, but... I, I actually bet you the higher the yards is, the more the, we lose. I would bet you that Cam doesn't have a lot of 300 yard games in his career. He doesn't, but that's really because does. of the. I really that's us, yeah. That's because of the way that Ron Rivera wanted the offense to run. That's why I was excited about the idea of a Joe Brady offense getting Cam yeah. Newton to actually shut people up. People wanted yeah. to point out his points. I mean, like He actually had comparable numbers through his first eight seasons to some of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And you know, if you want to get rea- you know, realistic about it, and he was being held back. He was not being We were given starting to see some of it with North Turner, man. Yes, I think we're Cam starting to see it. Three, Cam Newton has 22 games with over 300 yards in his career. And of those games, it doesn't show. Oh, of those games, let's see. Loss, let's see. Loss, 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 win, loss, loss, win, 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 win. Loss, win, 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 loss, 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 Yeah, I was about to say, we saw where 2015 hit. So he's about 500 when he's throwing 300 yards a game is what it looks like. About 500. So... The stats kind of null and void, based on that. All right, uh, I do. Let's circle back to Brandon <laughs> Herbert's call real quick, where he was talking. Best passing games outside of 2015 that I can think of were losses: the wild card game when we lost to the Saints, the game he had against Atlanta in what was that 2018, where McCaffrey had 100 receiving yards and we lost. Uh, against Atlanta, that was 2018. You're right. We lost 31-24. Uh, most of his games that he won, let's see, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five in 2015. One, two, three, four. Yeah, five in 2015. All the rest of his wins were in different seasons. So four games 2015, you're looking at probably, of 22 games, probably another seven or eight games outside of 2015. 
So I mean, he's a he's about a five hundred. He was like uh, Cam Newton yeah. was a two touchdown, two hundred and twelve yard quarterback for a lot of years. Yeah, and seventy five rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a perfect Cam. That that is all right. Um, I was I was interested is that. Uh, when you were talking, see uh, Cody about the nepotism that all the teams do it. You're not lying when it comes to um, what you're seeing Gettleman do. Going and getting Gettleman, Sean McDermott, and Ron Rivera are all Ron picking Rivera. apart our old team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, crazy. Huh. All right, and, uh, that, and, and go- that happens everywhere. When Matt Patricia Absolutely. got the job in Detroit, he took Danny Amendola. He took some other. Commonplace, commonplace happens all the time. I do think the good news about it for us is like Robbie Anderson is the best thing. That's like the most exciting addition we've had in a on offense. Well, I think you should quote that. Um, I think you should quote that uh, tweet you retweeted, uh, Tony, where it was expressing the irony behind the same day that Cam Newton gets released that we sign. Uh, Robbie Anderson in in the entire tenure of Cam Newton, the the closest person to a the the, the person who made even close to that amount of money um, that we signed in free agency as a wide receiver was uh, Russell Shepard at three point three million per year. That's a huh. seven. That is seven million dollar difference per year. So the moment we decide to cut Cam is the moment we decide to start signing, uh, you know, uh, free agent acquisitions. That's called but the, leaks, fact that, the, the fact that people will probably ignore, and I'm putting in my video that's coming out tonight, um, is that not only was he a Matt Rule fan, he also said on the Golic and uh, Wingo show that uh, wherever Teddy Bridgewater went was probably gonna have a big deal to do with his free agency choice. From really? Teddy Bridgewater. Wow, yes. I didn't hear that. All right, so uh, the Panthers do have a story up on Panthers.com that says thank you, Cam, or video. We'll see what that's about later on. We added a guard in John Miller. We've been adding a little bit of pieces. The draft's coming up. The question, the exit question is, do the Panthers draft defense or offense in round one no explaining just tell me what you think is going to happen cody you start uh has to be defense that's what i imagine you want the player or just defense nope or... just defense or offense all right because yeah, scott be was saying that we could be in the running for a tackle there are so many holes that I feel like it, it feels necessary to go defense. Does anybody on this t- in the, on this panel believe that an offensive player will be selected in round one? No. I think it'll be a special teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or only if it's a Temple or Baylor player that Matt Rule just can't pass up on. That's the only mm-hmm. only reason I think. The on, the only way that we there's no Temple or Baylor player that's worth the first round pick. So the only way that we do. Is if we do have our eyes set on building around a, a franchise quarterback later on, and we do decide that either Andrew Thomas or Jedrick Wills is too good to pass up on right now, that's the only other way. Or who's the, the only- other one? Will Wilf Wilfs or what? What's his name? Um, so yeah. there's uh, tri- uh, tri- uh, Tristan 
Tristan Riffs. That guy. Is, yeah, from Iowa is who you're thinking of. Yeah, he's my number through. Uh, he's my number three rated tackle. So in this class. the one way I see us going offense in the first. Oh, round. So what? You have him over Beckton. Yeah, I have him over Beckton because he he had more true pass rush or sets. So they didn't ask Makai Beckton to pass protect a lot at Louisville. It doesn't mean they can't do. It. He has more upside, but Tristan Riffs is a better all-around player right now yeah okay i do think there's one thing to consider is that the the idea of taking a tackle on day one does speak to me a little bit because i feel like you can find defensive players in round two a lot easier than you can find second round tackles yeah, yeah. I mean, sense. that's the only question. But right now, I think it's going to be we could draft seven defensive players and still need seven free agents uh, to yeah. build this defense well, out. The only way I think we go offense is if we trade back and we get more picks in the first round than we have now. So that that way we would have an offensive and a defensive player. I think we still draft defense in the first round. But, um, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think defense is the way to go. We have no – we have nobody on defense right now. All right. But yeah. even if we traded back, I think it would be for Kinlaw, and then we might take an offensive player out. Do you think Kinlaw's going to fall back that far? I heard somebody in the chat room earlier talking about around like 15th. Do you think Kinlaw's going to fall back to 15th? Dude, no one knows, man. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's an overdraft if he's drafted at seven. Like, I yeah. have, no I, I have concerns ball. about taking a defensive tackle that high. Just I, well, I mean, I would, take, would be more take Isaiah Simmons over anybody first round. Yeah, seven, then I would, I would, I would be feel better if we took Derek Brown at seven and Kinlaw. But I do think Kinlaw can. He he has a high range of where he could go. Is just how right. Well, yeah. So it's kind of like the Makai Beck and Tristan Riffs thing. Like I think Derek Brown is probably you, what you see is what you would get right now. But I think in the long run. J- Javon Javon Kenlaw will be able to do everything that Brown does and more. I think he'll be a much better pass rusher once he learns more moves. I think Kenlaw is going to, in the long run, be a better player. All right. All right. Guys, let's go ahead and close this show down. Um, we've gone on long enough. We do have one last segment, the ice up pick of the week where we tell someone to ice up toughen up get it together we thank all of you for your support tonight chiming in the chat room calling into the show give us one little last thumbs up subscribe we're on itunes tune in stitcher guys who wants to jump in the ice up ring first let me get mine out of the way that way y'all can go ahead and talk because mine's low hanging fruit low hanging fruit man david tepper ice up I'm going to start calling you uh, David the Tank Tepper. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't like you. You haven't done anything since you've been here. Uh, You've done nothing for my franchise. It's made me feel positive Mm. about the future. You've stripped my team down to bare bones. I've had to retire every jersey I've had. Uh, David Tepper. And (laughs) let let me put this out there. I am willing to eat crow for a week. If in a year or two years, we are just fine. Will you eat owl? I will eat. I'll eat anything you want me to. Except shit. Right. Don't eat. Don't, 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 don't eat a bat. 
Yeah, well, if I had to, I would. But I just do not see a future with the franchise. I do not see a a vision you have. And from what it's seen, I've seen so far, all you've done is disrespected the players that I've loved. You have ruined the decorum and the respect of this franchise. And I hope, I hope, I hope so badly that I'm wrong. But David Tepper, ice up. If I could, well, I'm not going to make any threats. <laughs> <Let's put that. laughs> right. Who's next? He's made our franchise. Oh god! As far as I heard, I ain't heard about him talking on no woman. So touching on no women. So I don't think he brought the franchise. I'll get, I'm not saying he's better than Jerry Richardson or he's worse than Jerry Richardson. I'm just saying David Tepper eyes up. The franchise was in better shape when Jerry Richardson was here, so, at least player wise. So I'll uh, I'll go next, man. Listen, uh, uh, this is a weird time for Panther fans. It's a weird time for people all over the world with this coronavirus horseshit. If I never had to hear the word or the phrase coronavirus put together again, it would be too fucking soon, man. (laughs) Um, So, but with all that, you know, I mean, listen, you know, maybe not so much Tony, but I know the rest of this panel is a bunch of nerds. We're all super nerds. Okay. We're into all the comics and the all the cool shows and shit. Yep. And Tony's coming around too. But Marvel just dropped the fucking ball in the biggest way ever. They just put out two brand new characters and as shit you not. Gosh. Their name are oh. are Snowflake <laughs> and Safe Space, oh. and and, what, and 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 by the way, by the way, one of these uh, superheroes is the first like um, gender fluid uh, 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 superhero ever. It's not a boy. It's not a girl. I have no idea if it's safe space or if it's uh, a snowflake, and I could not give less of a fuck at a time when people need heroes to lean on. You give us this bullshit, dude. Marvel, I, I, I normally love everything you do, but you can fuck right off, and you can ice the fuck up, son. <laughs> Oh my god. All right, Cody, you got it. CK, you got anything? Yeah, but I think I have to do this because of uh, Greg, so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I have a voice modulator. So. Yeah, you, you have to. You have a voice modulator. By the way, if you're listening on the audio <laughs> podcast, Greg is, is in no a stormtrooper. <laughs> Stupid. All right. Do you like that? Yes. Um, all right. Yeah. So my ice up pick is going to be I am a debt collector, right? And I still have to work from home and call people. Do you guys hear the voice change? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I have to continue to call these people at home and actually uh, try to collect on debt and, and whatnot. And this goes twofold. Um, the people who are 
right now telling me the reason they got behind on their accounts are telling me the coronavirus. That's why I can't pay. I'm like, <laughs> you went behind a year ago. You didn't get behind in anticipation <laughs> of the coronavirus. Let's get some stuff together, boys. Uh, you know, and but it's also the other way. There are a lot of people out of work, not able to actually make an income, make a living. And the fact that I have to continue to call people, especially in states like New York and California, who have officially shut down. Um, you know, to where being able to make an income may not be possible, especially people in the service industry, um, in sales and commission-based environments, things like that. Um, you know, so I feel like it's it's kind of a twofold thing. But uh, you know, people don't use Corona as an easy w- easy way out, right? Continue to try to do what's best for you and your family for the future, but don't. So often people just try to utilize these low hanging fruit, as we talked about, um, as a way to make themselves feel better about a situation and saying that they're not, I'm not paying because of this. You know, you could have paid throughout this whole process. There is clear evidence that you could have. So just try to, you know, I guess hold to your morals and and, and fight through the easy way out. Take the path, path less traveled, I guess, the way I'm trying to go about it. But ice up, son. Ice up. I'm so tired of this fucking coronavirus. I'm with you, Cody. I'm so sca- I'm so sick too of every motherfucker in the world that believes that once they walk outside they get sick. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not saying for us to not to to ignore social distancing rules, but like you don't automatically fucking get it. All right. No. T money, what you got? Well, first of all, people I will say uh, don't lie to people like CK. Just hang up on them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I get plenty of that. I get plenty of that. Just don't call me uh, bad names, and then I'll be all right. And then uh, my ISA pick uh, is Jamal Murray. So the NBA is not going on right now. You know, people trying to find stuff to do. A lot of the NBA players are streaming. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is learning how to play the guitar. Well, Jamal Murray decided while they're not playing NBA games that on his Instagram, he wanted to post on his story uh, getting hit. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and then tried to say that because of him posted. Now, I don't know who got on your Instagram story and had a video of you getting that. But I would tell you to ice up Jamal Murray. Just say, you know, you you messed up. At least say that. Don't try to say it wasn't you, though. He was scrolling through his camera roll. He was like, all right, what am I going to post? What am I going to – oh, this is a cool little picture of my dog. Let me – oh, shit. That is not a dog. <laughs> oh, shit. That thumbnail was misleading. That's a bitch, all right, but not a dog. Uh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Uh, all right. I want to ice. I do. I feel like I'm not going to ice up anything to do with the coronavirus and stuff because I am worried at this in this world. What I saw, what I've seen is that we're so quick to stone. I've changed it. I used to call it Internet lynching, but there's too much baggage that goes with the term. And it wasn't reflective of what I was trying to say. It's internet it's internet stoning is what we do. Mm. And where no single person kills a person, 
but they're all throwing stones until that person. So it doesn't matter. So it, like if you are a gun person, you could stone that person. If you're anti-gun, right? You never, and the coronavirus puts you in these crosshairs and shit. And I, I mean, it's just strange when I see these fucking guys walking. I saw a guy from a news network walk on the beach interviewing the kids at spring break. And his ass was wearing a hazmat suit. Like, I was just, all right. But my real ice up pick goes to internet malware and viruses. So last week, I told you guys we were having problems with the Google Voice. My f- browser's been doing strange stuff. Like, it just wouldn't give me, like, certain options, like in Google Drive yeah. and things like this. And I had been getting this somewhat pop-up message of a COVID alert app. Like, co- Anyway, after us transitioning to a workplace where we have to work at home, my kids are homeschooling now on the internet. Both of our jobs are now online. We need all the computers. I spent the last, I spent all morning today once I figured it out, but I spent like $70 in antivirus software and all of this. It fixed it and this and that. But you know where the the fucking virus was at? On the router. On the router itself. <laughs> so, like, my ama- my fire stick fucking wasn't working right. Like, nothing was working right. And I ended up just factory resetting. So, I have a year's worth or two years worth of security software where I just had to factory reset the router and redo all the shit. But um, now I have a VPN. So, fuck y'all. I'm going into the dark net. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Get one of the mystery boxes. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds interesting. All right, guys. Yeah, it is the C3 Panthers podcast. We're here on Tuesday night, 9 p.m. until we're not. Uh, thanks for joining us, T Money. You said you're dropping a video. Tell them where they can find it. Uh, my YouTube is Mister T Money nineteen ninety three. Um, it will be a, pretty much just a video welcoming Robbie Anderson to Carolina. And you got to figure out if it's Robbie or Roby because his name is Robert. I always said Roby. I know. Well, I've heard it all kinds of ways. All right, check out T Money nineteen ninety three, aka Straight Facts. CK, where can they get you? I'm Batman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Um, no. <laughs> you can get me at, uh, at Codizzle Allen on Twitter. Um, simple as that. Give me the follows, man. I'm uh, slowly creeping up there. I get one follower like every three days, and it's uh, yeah. it's it's progress. It's like this podcast. All right. <laughs> also, um, code, at Codizzle Allen, give me a follow. Uh, Greg, the stat daddy, the bat daddy, the stormtrooper. The man of negative Nancyness tonight. Where can they find your <laughs> okay. negative ass self? Uh, well, tell you what, man, you can find me a bunch of different places. You can contact me directly at on Twitter at the Bad Daddy Fifty Two. It's the only form of social media I have. But you can also check me out at Superhero Discussions, talking about Spider Man the Animated Series on Geekverse Podcast, talking about Snowflake and Safe yeah. Space. <laughs> I run another show. It's a Super Civil Servants podcast. This week we're talking about Batman Red Sun, and we're doing a Star Wars Jeopardy show. And then you can find me here every week. So there's plenty of places you can find me. I'm a podcast whore. I love to hear myself talk. So if you can't, don't, or not that annoys me, come check me out on my stuff. 
Cody, <laughs> thanks for being part of the show. Cody Lashney, uh, we tested your fucking endurance on this show tonight. Glad to have you back. Uh, Cody, how can they find your work? I know you are ready to get back to looking at the draft. Oh, yeah. And once again, thank you to everybody for all the well wishes on Twitter and online, social media, uh, from everybody here on the show, man. It means so much. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C O D Y L A C. Um, I will be um, writing for draftat.com still. Um, every Wednesday, there will be a brand new mock draft on draftat.com. And uh, it had to get put on hold, but at some point, me and CK are still going to deliver some better know a potential Panther draft pit videos. Those will come yes. down at some point. We don't know exactly how many we're, we're going to do, but all the big name players that are going to be in contention at seven or, or whatever for the Panthers, you're going to know all those players and you're going to know why it's a good or a bad pick. So be on the lookout for those. They're going to drop on this channel. So yes, that's it for me. Peace and love. All right, that's the show. We'll see you back here next Tuesday. Thanks for everybody's support. Don't forget, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.